Welcome to the 28th episode of the Invincibly Supermassive Comic Book Podcast of Stuff. I'm Tony Guerrero, Editor-in-Chief of Comic Vine. And this week, we have someone you may have seen her name around the site lately. We have new staff writer reviewer, Jen Abrahamian. Hi. How you doing? I am awesome. It's Friday. So, it is Friday, but not when this is going up. Oh. <laughs> Spoilers. So, it's always Friday somewhere. So people, people, they know that I record these a little bit in advance, and that always messes up because then you got like the time travel thing, sort of, where it's you're talking. On Earth too. You're talking like, well, today this book comes out, but it's really like next week. There's there was a time where I was like two weeks in advance, <laughs> and then like talking to the creators, and it's just like, well, this book is going to come out, but and yeah. So, so how you doing? Besides- I'm awesome. Yeah, well, so it's it's Friday right now, uh, so that's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, I got a big stack of comics. I have a crepe with Nutella in it, so I think we're all good. So we need people to know who you are because they, they, they're like, who's this new person? And we're like, I was just like, you know, she's someone really cool. And, you know, she, I'm real. I exist. She yes. likes comics and she's going to review comics and write articles at some point. Which I, right, I, I so, like your, your idea, so we'll, we'll, oh, we'll, awesome. we'll see when. Uh, should I talk about that now? Uh, you don't have to. I mean, it's, you know, if you want to tease it or if you just want to leave it, people in suspense or, you know. Uh, I'll, I could tease a little bit of it. Um, so, and because this is not actually behind an NDA, I checked. Uh, so yesterday I tried out for Jeopardy. Um, so I think we're going we're gonna to explore how uh, Jeopardy crosses over with the comic universe because I've been just sitting at home watching reruns of that show for pretty much all week <laughs> to prepare for it. So I think that'll be pretty rad. I think deep down, Alex Trebek is actually a comic fan. Okay. Now, does he have the mustache now or not? I haven't watched it. He does not. And that's, it's very disconcerting um, because he, that was just like a part of my childhood is like, you know, Alex Trebek, he's there. He's got that awesome mustache. And uh, no, he he still does not have it. I wonder why. If he, I mean, I'm sure he's he's had to have talked about like why. All I of think sudden, maybe he thinks it makes him look younger. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe Alex Trebek will like listen to this podcast and call in and be like, "Hey, this is why I don't have the mustache anymore." Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So so what was it? It like. What oh, you, you can tryouts? Yeah, it's actually really awesome because. The Jeopardy production team, like, you can tell that they just have so much fun with it. So, um, you know, you go there and you take a test and it's got all these random trivia questions. And then you get to play practice rounds with the buzzers. Um, So you can actually, you know, practice using those and answering things in the form of a question and all of that. And they're hilarious. Like, we, you know, during the downtime or, like, when you're doing the little practice interviews, like, we just talked about Batman. So (laughs) that was pretty great. Now, now... So were you like actually on set or like somewhere else? No, we were in a conference room. Okay. It was it was a little bit of a letdown, but oh. um, but they did have a you know projection screen up that had the the fake Jeopardy board on it. So because oh. I was going to ask you know if they gave you like a stool or something. Oh, <laughs> so um, 
for for the listeners who don't know this, Tony's making fun of the fact that I'm really short. Um. <laughs> well, it's it, no, I'm, I'm not necessarily making fun of it because so at C2E2, you you interviewed Jimmy Palmiotti and Chris Burnham. Uh huh. And, and when I interviewed Jimmy, I was wearing heels, so I looked closer to his height. And and he's he's you know how tall? Like maybe five eight, five nine. Yeah. You know, he he's he's not an over. I guess I don't know if that's average because I'm I'm five eight. And then Chris Burnham, he's, he's like six five. <laughs> and and then when you interviewed him, you were were wearing regular, yeah. yeah. And there was a huge height difference. So a lot of the comments, <laughs> I think somebody said it was like a tiny elf and a giant having a conversation. And and there was another comment. I don't remember if it was on site or on the YouTube channel where people were like, "Does Comic Vine only hire short women?" Because you know <laughs> Sarah's, you know, I think she's, I think she's five one. Oh, so she's got two inches on me. Which is weird because I, I, I guess you don't seem like you're shorter than she is. But maybe because yeah, it's because I always wear really tall shoes. So how, there was that how, other day at C two E two. I had heels that made me seven inches taller than I usually am. That's crazy. So I know. I got to cosplay as an average height person. So I, I guess you're, you've you've mastered the art of high heels or high whatever shoes I shoes actually okay so uh in the in that ask g-man questions thread uh, <laughs> I saw a question in there about how does uh batgirl do everything in heels and uh I'm I'm gonna argue that it's completely possible to, to run and jump and and do all that so I mean presuming you can already jump from building to building uh I, I think you could still do that in heels now what happens if your heel breaks while you're running or jumping because you always see in the movies where you know someone's heel broke and they're kind of hobbling along, or then they have to take their shoe off and carry yeah, it. Yeah, you, you just ditch the shoe and you keep running. But if if those <laughs> okay, come on, superhero boots, those things are usually at least you know thigh high, if not longer. That's and, true. Maybe she might have something in the utility belt to like make that like an ejector button, right? Because or maybe like she just has better quality shoes that aren't going to break. I mean, like I know um, when. Uh, when the Dark Knight Rises posters came out and you saw like that one with Catwoman's heel and that was stainless steel, it looked like. So, yeah. so maybe they've just got, you know, better quality, like superhero cobblers or something. Yes. So the stainless steel <laughs> ones that stab you in the eye or something. Right. Well, and you could use that as, you know, a weapon. So, so maybe that's what's going on is that those heels like are reinforced or, or kind of crazy awesome. But I don't know. I figure like if you can actually jump from building to building, you can do it in heels. Now what's <laughs> we're, we're we're talking f- the fashions of shoes now. What is is it better to have a thinner heel or a thicker heel? I think it depends on how you get used to walking in them. Um, I like a thinner heel um, because I think the like the thicker or the chunky heels, it's easier to go off balance. Um, like if you are gonna trip, like if you just like lean to the side of it and there's like that chunky bottom of the heel, mm-hmm. um, then I think it makes it easier to fall over. Um, but I think some people are actually like afraid of the really spiky heels. So, uh, so I think it's going to come down to personal preference. I like a skinny, tall heel. Okay. And, and so. now do you own those crazy spiky shoes? I do. Yes. Um, so actually <laughs> that's a, that's a thing. Uh, I have what I call the supervillain shoe collection. Um, cause I actually have shoes that are not just spike heels because it's a tall, thin heel, but they're actually like metal spikes on them. So, uh, you know, if I ever had to embark on a career as a supervillain, I have the footwear for it already. Yeah, Cause there's like spikes like on the outside. Like, yeah, spikes on the outside and they're metal. Uh, 
And as I learned, you know, you can cut your own foot on them. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. So. so. So this has been Shoe Talk on Comic Vine. Right. Right. Maybe I'll have to do an article on, you know, superhero footwear. Well, we, we did a video way back in the day, kind of brought that. I'll, I'll send you a link to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because um, you always wonder about that. And, and I, I guess what, what bothers me is sometimes when, when there's no consistency like where you'll you'll see like someone drawn they'll they'll have heels and then like a couple pages later there's no heel on their boot and it's just like oops right like uh there there's I I won't mention any names but there's a a certain <laughs> artist that, that drew Wonder Woman and like the the first time you see her she's she's got boots and then a couple of just like they're just flat so mhm yeah. one thing i've noticed is that the the new 52 designs um, and it's Wonder Woman, and actually, it seems like everybody. Uh, it it looks like their boots are kind of like a a hybrid. You know, it's got the boot top to it that you know goes with their costume, but the bottom almost looks like a basketball shoe. Yeah, like got that like the really thick treads, and I don't. That's actually to me that confuses me how they run in those more than how Batgirl could run in heels. Because I'm looking at, um, actually, I'm looking like, look at the character design for Flash, and I'm just seeing his shoes, and those look kind of uncomfortable for running <laughs> yeah you think you wouldn't want boots like you, right, want... you think you want like a like an elevated arch that could like sprinter shoes you know mm-hmm. so this so, is turning into the the shoe podcast yeah because uh, i i think the first i think it was jim lee that actually started drawing batman with like traction on the bottom of his boots like mm-hmm. they actually look like like boots like hiking boots or something because it's almost like everyone wore boots but they were almost like booties or you know they they there was no right. traction, so it's like how how did it not slip running, you know, jumping across buildings? Right, and where the, it looks like there's no reinforcement on the bottom either. So, like, if you're going to kick somebody, like, are you kicking them with like a sock? Like, what's going on with that? Yeah, and then then you got like Deathstroke or Captain America with like the the pirate booty things, <laughs> which yeah. I I like that. It looks silly, but it it that's it's different. I mean, it it makes you remember their shoes. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so how long have you been reading comics? So I, um, I first discovered comics when I was probably about eight or nine. Um, and I was at my grandma's house and there were a bunch of old Fantastic Four issues from the 60s uh, in a box somewhere. And so I started flipping through them. And I, at this point, had zero concept of how comic books worked. I didn't know that they came out every month. Um, I just thought that they were something that happened. Um, and so I read through them and it was, you know, that kitschy, awesome era where like everything was a little bit weird. Um, and I kind of fell in love with it. I thought Dr. Doom was the coolest thing in the world. Um, and I, I loved seeing all those weird adventures. And then, you know, again, though, I had no concept of how comic book publishing worked. So I just thought that was kind of it. Like these books existed and then, you know, you either had them or you didn't. Um, so I didn't realize that you could go to a comic shop and buy books until um, probably junior high uh, because I bought Magic the Gathering cards at a comic <laughs> shop. And, uh, and after a while, I kind of felt guilty that I was going in there and completely ignoring the, the comics that that shop was known for. I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll see, um, you know, Batman. That looks good. So I'll you know, check that out. And, uh, and then I just kind of got hooked and I've been reading them ever since. So you're going against a stereotype that girls don't read comics. Right. Um, yeah, I, girls don't read comics. Girls don't play video games. I think, uh, I think I'm 
the example of how that doesn't work. But I just I know so many women who who read comics and who've been reading comics forever, and so I'm not actually sure where that that came from because it's like. I don't know. All the girls I know have been reading comics forever. So it's just like, wait a minute, where are these women who don't read comics? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I get that, you know, yeah, probably, you know, majority of readers are male. I mean, you can tell right. how, you know, comics are, are marketed and, you know, drawn and depicted and all that. But it's, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous that, you know, people say girls don't like them because so, so here now on staff, you know, I, I was just saying, um, we have two, technically three female writers now because we have you we have sarah and then my daughter who right. does the occasional review and just the other day she she they they go to the library like once a week and she checked out uh like a batman encyclopedia oh that's awesome and i was like like oh, i'm so proud of you that you know it was, it was, it was so funny that that she had that and that's good though and those are like really good introductions to characters because i know um once I realized how, you know, publication schedules worked, um, and I realized that I was about, you know, 30 years behind on the Fantastic Four, um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, that was one of the first things I sought out was one of those, you know, Marvel encyclopedias where you get to catch up on what was going on with everybody and like kind of get the, um, I guess this is before I realized that Wikipedia existed and you could, you know, look it up there, but those books are great. Cause then you really get, everything you need to know to like a character and get behind those stories. Yeah. So, and, and it's like, you know, my, my daughter, you know, she's since when, when she was old enough, to like comprehend, you know, we, we, I started reading some comics to her, you know, and I would read bone to her, you know, Jeff Smith's bone. Oh and, yeah. And, you know, she, we started watching, you know, some of the animated shows and, and her, like one of her favorites is Batman beyond. Oh, I love that series. And and you know, and she she loves the opening, and the opening is kind of dark. But you know, yeah. And I I asked her like just recently, I was like, "What do you like about it?" She's like, "I don't know. There's something you know. She, she really likes that." And so she, you know, she's all about, um, you know, Batman. I mean, Batman is her favorite. And you know, she she loved the Young Justice cartoon, and she was right. she was so ticked when canceled. Yeah. Because it was like that that got canceled, and then I had to tell her the comic series was was ending. I had to tell her that Superman Family Adventures was ending, and she was already mad because Tiny Titans ended. Right. So she's like, everything I like is ending. Oh, so but like, there's new stuff that's beginning, so she can she can read more things. I mean, like there's all oh, yeah comics that just kicked off. So. Yeah, she she read the first two issues, and yeah, I tried. I liked them, but. I think part of it because it wasn't all Art and, and Franco. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the other ones were good, but not as good. Okay. And and she really liked it. And so I was trying to get her to write something about it. And I had to, like, run to the grocery store or something like that. So I was like, why don't you – I'm like, it's, it's a weekend. I'm making her work. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, if, if you want, you want to write something. And she, she, she totally digs doing it. She, she loves the fact that, you know, that people know who, who she is. And um, I always tell people – um. So I don't know if, if you know um, Jesse Blaze Snyder. Okay. He, he's um, D. Snyder's son, and mm-hmm. he's just recently wrote Evil Ernie. But before he wrote, uh, like for Boom, he, he did a Toy Story miniseries and like nice. Muppet Snow White. So, and, and I think the Muppet Snow White came out when she was like five. And oh. that's when my, my daughter first started reviewing it, where I would ask her, I was like, what did you like? What didn't you like? And, you know, is there any words that, you know, you learned, you know, we had to go over, what does this mean? 
so when me and Jesse first started talking, he's like, like, oh, you're little G-Girl's dad. Yeah. So it's like he knew me through my daughter. And that's awesome. When I told her, you know, she thought that was the coolest thing. So she she totally wants to go to a comic convention. But yeah. but with with my schedule at a convention, you know, I'm working, you know, like almost like 20 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And WonderCon, you know, hasn't been here the last couple of years. So she keeps saying, she's like, I want to go to a convention. And yeah, so someday. I was going to say, you have to find like a nice, like kind of smallish local one that's not too overwhelming. Yeah, because I, you know, definitely wouldn't take her to San Diego. And no, well, she'd get trampled. That would be terrible. Yeah, but then I realized it's like I, I could get her in his press because you know, she. That's true. She is technically. She might be the youngest uh, person with a press badge. Yeah, because she's she's staff on the site. You know, she's that's awesome. She has her own byline and all that, and so. That's pretty cool. Um, what what what's what comic? What's your like your your top comic right now besides Ooh. a certain one? That you, uh, <laughs> you may feel obligated to say. Um, oh, that's a really tough one. Um, or just like a handful, like like not your absolute favorite. But what? What? Yeah, what's... Like, I don't even know how to rank them. Um, Saga is amazing. Um, I this is the year that I like. I read superhero comics a lot, and you know I'm, I'm a huge fan of the big two. Uh, but this is the year that I finally just started listening to people and reading some of the more independent stuff. And so, um, basically, anything Image is putting out right now, I'm reading. Um, especially if it's got that, what I call like the magic recipe right now, which is like a crime noir that has supernatural elements. So like Fatal and 10 Grand and Chin Music are all just kind of in that sweet spot for me. And it's funny because like, if you, if you try to isolate the story, it, it, it actually sounds like the same pitch, but the books are different enough that I'm like, I don't care. Just, just give me more issues of these. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, that part that anything that fits that description, I will read and just read happily. Um, and then let's see, Saga is really good. I'm liking Mara, um, Manhattan projects. Uh, Morning glories is another favorite. Um, what else am I reading? Well, I guess, okay. Mainstream stuff. Um, of course I love all of the bat books. Um, wonder woman has been one of my favorites of the new 52. Uh, also really into swamp thing and animal man. Uh, on the Marvel side, I'm actually, I think I'm pulling, most of the Marvel Now books, too. Um, Thor, Hulk, uh, both of those are just incredible. Captain Marvel is one of my new favorite things. And uh, and I'm also really digging Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's like my short list, which I just realized is not a short list. But, you know, I emailed you my pull list, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm reading. Uh, <laughs> All right. So let me ask you about, about Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. So I, I assume you were reading before. I was. And... And you're you're liking this new take? Yeah, I first off, I dig Azarello's style. Um, I think you know he just he just brings just amazing talent to the book. Um, but I also really like that they're exploring the the mythology a lot further than they have in the past. Um, because if you're going to have a character that has um, a background in you know some sort of you know either history or mythology or something, uh, I think it's worth exploring. So um, I mean, like you've got Thor and you know the Norse gods or the Asgardians, like it's very much a part of his story. Um, and so I absolutely think that it, you know, the the Greek pantheon should be part of Wonder Woman's story. Um, so I'm really, really digging that interpretation. Um, and I, yeah, the creative team's just killing it too. I mean, like they, I think it's one of the most. Uh, Long-standing, like intact creative teams on a DC book right now. Uh, yeah, I think it might and be. It's, 
And it's because they're doing such an awesome job. So, see, I, I'm I, I really like and respect what what Azrael is doing. But part mm-hmm. of me, I mean, it it doesn't feel like like my Wonder Woman, you know, like okay. And so it's just I, I I'm always torn, you know, what I think, and I'm I'm not one. I mean, as much as like Wonder Woman, you know, she it's not like she's like one of my top, you know, like two favorite characters or something like that. Right. So I, I'm. If, if they, they drastically change her, which they have, I'm okay with that because, you know, a lot of times things get reverted back or they'll change or, you know, something else mm-hmm. will happen. So I'm, I'm totally willing to accept it and see where it's going. But, but sometimes I feel like it's like, I don't know. And then it's also weird because that there's that, that lack of, uh, not necessarily continuity, but like between how she appears in, you know, the other books. Right. So it's just, and, and I, I saw someone comment how, you know, she hasn't even really dealt with like a supervillain in her book. I, I will agree with that. I think um, I think the way this this story is evolving is a little bit different than than your usual DC fair. I mean, like we've seen in most of the other titles, like you've had some sort of major major villains come up um, on a scale that we're not seeing in that book. Um, but at the same time, I actually kind of like that it's different because. Um, you know, it, it shows that they're having some, some editorial flexibility and they're not just trying to make everything formulaic. Yeah. So, so cause I know, cause that was one of the things that, um, you know, as the new 52 started to evolve, I, I was starting to get a little worried that, that a lot of the books were really just kind of following the same, uh, formula really. I mean, like, it's just like, okay, here's what's going to happen. We know it's going to, you know, there's this villain that's going to come up and then there's going to be a crossover. And I don't know, it's, it's kind of nice to see books doing their own thing. I think Batwoman's doing the same thing. Um, where the story is really going its own direction and you, you don't have to worry so much about um, how it fits in the rest of the universe. It's just, it's just a good book to read. Yeah. That, that's great that for however they're managing to do it, that Batwoman <laughs> is allowed to stay separate. Yeah. And well, and I, I find it especially fascinating with Batwoman because, you know, all of the other Bat family books are very, very much entrenched in these crossover events. You know, the Bat family is very, uh, I guess, interwoven so much and so the fact that you know she has bat in her name but she's not a part of these events as much it's it's kind of cool yeah and i i I think she's just such a cool character too and like the design and Mm -hmm. and you know i would i would even say i think she's cooler than than batgirl i i will agree with that actually um i i think she she brings so much more to the table in terms of, of character and in terms of just like having her own unique stories. Um, I, I find myself more uh, intrigued by her storylines. I just, and I also, I have a problem with, you know, would Barbara Gordon still call herself Batgirl? Right. Cause you know, she's, so I, I think she's like a year younger than Nightwing or maybe a year older. I think she's a year older. Okay. Cause, cause Nightwing is supposed to be like 21 ish. Yeah, he's in his early 20s. So, you know, she's in her early 20s, too. And from, you know, what what little we've pieced together about the five-year history and the gaps and all that. <laughs> so we, we know, you know, she was paralyzed for a year, they said. So right. obviously she was not active. And then when she returns to it, it's like, would she really say, I'm going to go back to Batgirl? Right. And I, I get why they put her back as Batgirl, because that was her original character. And that's, you know, a lot of people associate her with that. But it's just... I, I, I hate that they have to do that for, you know, marketing purposes or whatever, you know, reason they, they feel like. Cause I, I just think even when you take your teenage characters, I, I, you know, cause I taught high school for many years. 
I, I don't see any teenager saying, I'm going to call my, like, you know, Superboy or, you know, something lad or kid or, you know, no, no teenager is going to call himself something boy. Right. So because it's, it's because it makes you feel more like a kid. Yeah. And, you know, I, I could see like back in the day with like the early Teen Titans and, you know, if, if they're like 12 or 13 or, you know, and they, if they're a sidekick. Yeah. So that's just a minor nitpick thing that I, I have. It's like I, I just I don't see why Barbara Gordon for as like mature as she is and for as smart as she is and, you know, experience. She's still going to call herself Batgirl. Right. So it, it's just it's kind of weird, especially now when there's this whole, you know, anger, whatever divide between, you know, between the Bat family. Well, I, I actually think it's kind of interesting, like, especially with, you know, the way things have gone with death of the family and all these things that have just been thrown at these people is why they want to associate with the Bat name. Mm-hmm. It just seems to invite, uh, you know, just misery and danger. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and I'm, I'm surprised that some of them aren't just like, I quit. Doing something else. <laughs> and, see, and, and the strange thing is when Robin was first introduced, you know, he had a separate identity. You know, he wasn't yeah. Batboy. Right. And, you know, then he when he even left, you know, he was Nightwing. But it's like we're going to introduce a female sidekick character. Let's just call her Batgirl. Right. And, and I, I have a problem with this. Like even like Supergirl when she was first introduced or like like Mary Marvel. It's like she didn't even get get a superhero name. You know, mm-hmm. She she turned in, you know, she was just herself and it's well, that's, a, I, that's why some of my favorite characters and I think this actually really plays a big part of it um, are the ones that, you know, even though they appear in stories where they might not be the main character, um, they very much have their own identity. So like Star Sapphire is mm-hmm. one of my favorite just characters in the in the DCU because. Um, you know, she shows up like Carol Ferris or, or whichever incarnation it's going to be. She shows up in a Green Lantern book, but she's not, you know, Green Lantern girl. Yeah. It's, she has her own thing. And, uh, and, you know, yeah, it, it ties very much into, um, the mythos, but it's not, her identity itself is not only there because, um, of the male character. Yeah. It's, I mean, people, I don't think people realize it, but comics have come a long way since the fifties. Like, um, there's that, that one book, um, I think it's Tencent Plague. Or something mm-hmm. like that. It's a really great book, and and you know I I, I highly recommend it to people. It, it it gets a little dry at some points. You know, there's a lot of like historical parts to it, but um, it definitely you know people should should check that out to to get a feel for what what things were like back in the day. Right. But, but I say, well, I, and you know what? And it's funny. I love old comics. Like I don't. Bronze Age is my favorite, mm-hmm. um, and it's probably just because you know the first books I found were were from the late '60s and the early '70s, but um, I love that stuff. Like the kitschy old stuff. It's, it's weird because it's just so different. Um, and even with the storytelling, you know, as much as, you know, certain stories, you know, can withstand time and the, you know, they hold up still, uh, there's a lot of elements that are very, very old and you can, you can tell that things were just really different in comics and just in society back then. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that I don't think could be published today. Yeah. And, but th- there is so much absurdity back then. Like, um, like even like the, the silver age and like the, like the Lois Lane, you know, Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. Right. And, and even like People action comics that were a title now. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I think they'd love that there were a Lois Lane book. Like I know there are plenty of people who would just, you know, be lining up to put that on their pull list. I, I'd say they should do that. I, I've, I've made the arguments like they should have a book, especially in the new 52 right? Lois Lane, investigative reporter, 
going around uncovering stories, you know, the dark shadows, whatever, the DC universe, and you know, she's going to put herself in danger. And she's not going to need right. Superman to rescue like her all the time. Lois Lane, where she's like part of the resistance. I yeah. love that. That's my favorite Lois Lane, actually, because <sighs> she got to be her own main character, and that was amazing. I just, I don't, I don't get. At least now she's back to reporting. Right. She's, well, you know what I I would love to see, and I, I really wish DC would put this out, um, is a, like a, a Daily Planet version of like GCPD mm-hmm. where you have like Lois and Jimmy and like all those people and it's just like newsroom drama. Yeah. So. Although like, they'd have to, have to spice it up some way. See, I think they could. And I, I'd actually like to see kind of a story where – you have it from the point of view of like the non-supers, you know, mm-hmm. they're still involved in that action, but you get to see really cool stuff uh, as it exists in that universe. But the people that you're following aren't the ones that, you know, have the power or have these superhero identities. Yeah. I, it, it'd be interesting to be like a fly in a wall and like, you know, not just DC's marketing meetings, or whatever, but like Marvel, it's like, you know, I, I can maybe more so DC since they're, they're constantly relaunching, you know, new titles. You know, it'd be interesting to, to just like understand, because like so you look at some of the books that come out, it's like, you know, really that's that's what you want to go with instead of you know this or that, and <laughs> and it's 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 weird because you know there's those characters that you know people are always asking about. You know, it's like where's Wally West? Where's Cassandra Kane? Where's Stephanie Brown? And, you know, people want to want these characters, and then we'll get some like sort of sorcery, which was good in its own right, but. Is it really surprising that people weren't buying it? Right. It's well, okay, so I don't know. I have maybe a a not popular opinion on this, but I'm not really sad that we haven't seen some of those characters yet, like, you know, the Wallies and the Steffs, because I don't want them to be rushed in, mm-hmm. you know, it's thrown into a story, you know, shoehorn style. Um, I'd rather wait until there's a good reason um for them to show up, either in their own book or in somebody else's. Um, because I think it's it would be just a huge letdown if all of a sudden you're just like, oh, hey, guess what? Steph Brown's back. But, like, she's, you know, a lesser version of what she was. Yeah. Because I, 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 I've made that um, that point as, as well where I, I think people are starting to get that the new – this is the what's here to stay. You know, DC's not going to go back. And so if, if this is going to be, like, the, the immediate future for the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, there is time and I think because I've been reading comics for so long that I, you know, and I don't plan to stop reading anytime soon. So if I have to wait five years to see Wally West, it's going to suck. But obviously, I, I will. Right. And, well, and, and <laughs> the other thing is, I mean, like you know, there was a point in time when these characters just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, the, I think there's plenty of time. And there's also arguments like, like how well did Stephanie Brown's Batgirl? book do i mean it, it i i wasn't totally crazy about it in the beginning but it definitely started picking up steam like towards the end I was, I was really digging it but i don't think the sales were that great so it's like you know all these you got the small vocal you know minority asking demanding these books but wh- how would that relate in terms of sales right and and um, then, i mean i don't i don't know how they sold i know i i was late to the steph brown party and i actually just read um that Batgirl run uh, probably about six months ago. So, um, so I know I wasn't contributing to those sales numbers, <laughs> but uh, you know, I liked it and you know, I'd like to see the character back, but I, 
I want to see it in a way that's going to do justice to her. Yeah. Um, and not just be like, oh, hey, everyone was asking where you were. So now you exist. <laughs> and then the other word when it's like Cassandra Cain. It's like, you know, obviously, you know, it, it, it seems that there's someone high up that, that does not like her because <laughs> she's been shoved aside for for so long. And but see, I don't know, because I I mean, she was one of the last characters that. Uh, that showed up before they did the reboot. Yeah, I mean, she was in Gates of Gotham, which so. was was great. But there, there is there is even comments you can kind of see if you like read between the lines, where it was kind of saying, you know, there there's there's that last conversation between Cassandra and and Tim, like mm-hmm. at, at the end, where, but it's like even before that, she was gone for the longest time, and then it's like, oh, she's in Hong Kong, you know, she's <laughs> she's you know fighting crime there or something. So it's just, I mean, I love Gates of Gotham, and and you know. I'm, I'm no, I'm not the only one, but it's 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 almost like it's 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 heartbreaking that she's not used. And I I get like I totally agree with what you're saying. I don't want her just you know th- casually thrown in, but at the same time, when you're making all these references to other people, and because I you know I've always joked it's like Wally West, he's maybe he's living in London, you know, maybe he has yeah. superpowers, he's you know over there doing something. And the same thing with with Sandra, she maybe she is in Hong Kong again now. And, you know, doing whatever. But just the fact that there hasn't been a mention. So it's like we don't know. We don't even know if she exists. Right. And then, you know, there's a whole Lady Shiva stuff, which, you know, I, I, I don't agree. I think Lady Shiva's a little bit too young in this uh, continuity. I don't know. See, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. And, and you know, we, we kind of talked about this on a podcast before where um, so this was a, the Tom DeFalco issue. Right. And, and it was referenced. So my, my problem with with, with – you know, whoever's decision is whether whether it's Tom's or editorials or whatever, I don't care. But they they they've set up Lady Shiva to be this this unknown assassin. I mean, no one knows who she is. They don't know anything about her. She, she's just this this great world assassin. Mm-hmm. But so if no one knows how, who she is, and then Penguin casually says, "Oh yeah, she's she's about your age," but it's like how <laughs> how would you know? First of all, how how do you you know you don't know how old you know Nightwing is because maybe he just has really good skin, use a moisturizer, you know, whatever. Right. Or, or, well, that mask covers up a lot. Like, what if he's got some crow's feet under there? Yeah, so <laughs> I, so I, I didn't like the idea that, that no one knows, you know, who Lady Shiva is, but they, they kind of figure how old she is. You know, because she could be, you know, I, I don't agree that Lady Shiva should be, like, in her early 20s. You know, she, maybe right. she could be, like, in her early 30s, and maybe she just looks really young. So I... Like, I, I don't know if, if, if Lady Shiva's that young, then maybe Cascade just hasn't been born yet. And that, that's the other problem. And, and then that conflicts with all the, the Batman stuff where when the New 52 started, it was like pretty much everything in the Batman continuity, Batman history is carrying over. But then we slowly find out, OK, this is a little different. This is a little different. You know, Tim Drake wasn't a Robin, you know, mm. little little things here and there. So this, the, to change it where Cassandra Cain didn't exist, that is kind of a big thing because I can kind of, you know, pretend, okay, we have five years and, you know, we have, you know, 15, 20 years of continuity. We can kind of cram that in there somehow. And, you know, some stuff gets, gets weeded out or whatever, but I like to pretend that like that stuff still happens. So she does still exist, but, but the whole thing with Lady Shiva. That makes so, it hard to fit into that mental concept. Yeah. I mean, unless you just change who her parents are or, you know, maybe Lady Shiva was in was her older sister or her her aunt or you know. There's or there's ways. Related, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I see, and this this actually kind of brings up a 
different point, but maybe it's related. I'm actually really forgiving of reboots. I I will take it at face value that if you know if a universe is going to reboot and things are going to be different, that's what we're working with right now. Because I think um, you know as much as I might miss old characters or old settings, like I'm kind of bummed that like Bloodhaven doesn't exist anymore in the New Fifty Two. But at the same time, like if I get hung up on that, then I'm just going to not enjoy the book as much. So I don't know. I'm I'm really really forgiving of of whatever is just delivered during a reboot and just going to accept it as this is the story because it saves a lot of headaches. <laughs> yeah. But in the comics I I don't think they they specifically said Bloodhaven does not exist. So oh, Is that not said in the com- I don't, know. I don't think it is. I mean, unless I missed well, it. I, I guess if it doesn't exist they can't reference it. So But I mean, we don't no, we don't wall break. We just be like, remember that time when nope, that didn't happen. So so that's thing like I don't know, I mean, it, they they can't say oh Bloodhaven is, it doesn't exist so maybe it does still exist they it just doesn't exist. <laughs> well, well maybe it does and they just haven't referenced it and so we can pretend I mean I that that's that's what I do with a lot of the stuff that that's unknown that if yeah. if it hasn't been mentioned so like you know Cassandra Kane or Wally West they haven't specifically said they don't exist right so I can you know whatever in my heart or whatever I can pretend maybe they're still out there somewhere and we'll we'll find out like with with, with Raven. You know, we didn't hear anything about her up until Phantom Stranger number one or two or whatever. And then, you know, she, she, she was kind of brought in and now she's in Teen Titans. So, you know, maybe these characters do exist. But something like New Krypton, that whole storyline, mm-hmm. that obviously they erased all that by having Supergirl arrive, you know, in the current time in Supergirl number one, you know, five years after whatever. So that that right there erases all a of the, chunk that, of pre fifty two history. Yeah. So yeah. so that I didn't like. They they should have had her arrive, you know, a year ago or something like that. And but. maybe see, I guess okay, here's the reason I'm forgiving a reboots because I I admire and I, you know, I really enjoy reading the older stuff. I there's some stories that, you know, really were very, very powerful and very meaningful and it, it feels weird to not have them part of the continuity. But I do you think that that kind of taking a, a little bit of a blank slate to things means that you have some more flexibility with your storytelling? Because if if like an event or a place or something didn't happen, then you don't have to, you know, treat that as like a boundary or a wall on your storytelling because you could just kind of it never happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, it keeps things a little more open. And and so I always I don't know, maybe I'm being like overly optimistic about this, but I'm okay with reboots just because I think they they break down some some of the weights that are that are on stories that come with just so much history. Yeah, but then at, at the same time, it's like I don't want to see it just them redoing everything. And you know, we're, we're... Right. oh no, see, and that's, that, I agree with you on that. I I don't want to just see a story retold with slightly different parameters. I think that's that's the opposite of what I want. I mean, like that's kind of uncreative. But you know, I think if you um. I don't know if you if you don't have those those boundaries in, in that history, like maybe somebody didn't have a certain experience and so they can get, you know, that character arc out of it uh, through a different event or a different story. But it's not just like, oh, yeah, this is that lesson I learned that one time, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's I mean, it's, it, obviously, that's that's very much on the creative team. of yeah. and, and it's weird that, you know, Marvel doesn't really do or d- hasn't really done reboots except for, you know, one more day or brand new day. Right. And and even, you know, like Marvel now, it's like 
it's it's kind of a you know it's a soft reboot yeah but you know it, it it's continuing from avengers versus x-men you know it's not like mm-hmm. they're erasing anything it's just like okay you can start reading now you kind of don't really need to worry about what happened before right and and yeah i it's just you, that's it, actually what that's a case i'm not gonna lie and this is where uh I'm going to kind of go against what I just said. Um, that's where I would almost wish for a hard reboot just because I kind of wish they could undo uh, some of the AVX continuity. Um, mostly because, I mean, there's certain characters like Namor is never going to be the same again. Mm-hmm. And and I miss old Namor. So, <laughs> so maybe I'm kind of going back on what I just said. But, I, you know, I wish certain things would be, um, I guess – undoable so that you could get back to certain core parts of a character without having to keep some of the baggage. Are you reading all new X-Men? Um, I am. Okay. Cause I, I'm, I'm kind of looking over your list and I see uncanny X-Men. I oh like, yeah. I, I may have left off a few books just cause I don't remember which ones start with which. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, on that? We'll, we'll shift to Marvel. Um, what are my thoughts on it? Um, just X-Men in general. General, um, okay, I, I'm not going to lie. I think there's too many titles. Oh, yeah. So I'm just like, wait a minute. Which one's happening in which book? Um, no, it's um, – I think the stories are interesting. It's – for me, it's not the highlight of the new Marvel stories. Um, I think if I had to um, – if I had to pick, like, my top five in the Marvel universe right now, none of the X books are going to show up in that. And I guess it's not really so much that – they're not well written or the stories aren't interesting, but they're just not popping as much as um, like Thor is really cool right now. Like I could tell you just so many, so many thoughts on Thor, but I'm just like X books, like, wait, what's happening in which one? Like, that's kind of where I am right now on that. Hmm. See, Cause I'm, I'm really digging all new X-Men. I, it, it yeah. seems like such an absurd, silly cliche idea of, you know, the young X-Men coming to the, the present. Right, but, but there's something about it. It's just and and maybe it's it might partly be because I miss Jean Grey. You know, I really like the character. I know you know some people like her and some people hate her. But right. I it's just seeing, and I I think there's also I I enjoy seeing like the the young inexperienced heroes like you know like like Nova. I'm I'm totally digging that. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, Alpha, which as as I'm I'm almost like mad at at, at Josh Fielkov for writing that book. Because you know, because he's he's making me totally dig that character, and I couldn't stand him before. So you know he's he's doing that. So so you know you, just the, the idea of these young inexper- inexperienced heroes, and then you see them just adjust everything. So with with uh, the young X Men and seeing everything, like like when when Gene looked into um, present day Beast's mind and found out like everything that's going to happen. I mean, it was almost like heartbreaking seeing. You know, the, you know, she went through everything and knowing what's going to happen, and you, you right. try to imagine like this. Here's this kid. It's like the dangers of being a telepath. <laughs> yeah. So there's just something. I mean, it, it's just it's it's really there's something about it, and I like I said, it, it's it's such a cliche thing that the whole and especially in X Men, you know, there's always been time travel and all this, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm just really really digging it. And then so at C2E2, they they announced that they're gonna the in I think September they're gonna mm-hmm. do this this crossover thing. And we're going to see the X-Men from the future that are, are going to come to the present. Uh-huh. And they're basically like, these guys need to go back because it's going to mess things up. So it's just – and then, then um, Molly Hayes is on a team, which I'm super excited about that. <laughs> so I, I loved her in Runaways. So, Okay, so this is where you and I have kind of like different 
things that we like about comics because that's why I'm just like I'm reading the X books and they're they're all right, but like I'm not as passionate about that kind of like moment with Jean Grey, right? Um, I don't know. I'm right. This podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's good that we like different stuff. Yeah, um, definitely. I right now like I like I don't know maybe it's just me, but I like the bombastic, crazy, big stuff. So like Thor right now is my sweet spot because I just love like how just massive that plot is right now with the whole God bomb thing. And like it's time travel, but it's a different kind of time travel than like the X books are doing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. So you're going for like the nice character moment where like, it's very poignant and stuff. That's not all I like. Right. And you're going at that and and it's cool, but it's not like future Thor who makes jokes about like moving to the sun and being like a God cop. (laughs) See my, my problem with, with Thor, I, I always preferred to Thor stories when he's on earth with the Avengers. Really? And I don't know what it is. And, you know, I, I love a big epic fantasy and all that. But the, a lot of the stories when he's in Asgard, it's just like, okay. And, you know, they all talk fancy and this and that. And I don't know. There's So it's just like over the years, like whenever things change and he, you know, started hanging out there, I'd be like, okay, you know, just trying to get through it. So I don't know. And I, I, I go back and forth with, with um, Thor. It's like I, I do like the book. You know, it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's I'll, I will admit that, but there's just sometimes I'm just like, okay, all right. And, and I know I'm in a minority cause I've, I've gotten flack for that, for not loving. <laughs> I think it's just a different kind of like priority of what you're seeing in the book. Like I know with one like that, like I like just the bigness of the story. And so you put them at the Asgardians and it's, it's going to be just like a different caliber of, of action. Right. Um, whereas I don't, I don't know. And, with the Avengers, like just as a whole, like when he's doing stuff on Earth, it's it's hard to keep coming up with inventive threats that are all on the same scale. Mm-hmm. So so I think like with this current storyline, it's still you know it's it's big in terms of like magnitude, but it's also uh, it's very much his own, and it's very much different from stuff that you'd see in in a team book. Yeah, so. I do. I have to I have, admit. Um, when I saw the, the trailer for Dark World, oh yeah, I mean, because you know when they first talk about it, it's going to focus more on Asgard. So I'm like, all right, you know, we'll we'll see how this is going to be. But well, no, it's, I like it. Yeah, the trailer looks good. I'm 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 sold on it, and it, it changed my mind to like my my concerns. Right. So. Well, okay. Here's the other thing. Like with with characters like Thor, the you know the hero from another world on Earth thing. It there's only so much you can do before it, it kind of becomes repetitive. It's like, Oh no, he's adjusting. He's different. Um, I, I like that he can be back in his own environment and still have some really cool challenges. Yeah. So it's good. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Have you seen uh iron man three? I have, I went and saw that last week. And what'd you think? You know what? I liked it. I know there's a lot of people who were not a fan, but I thought, you know what? The movie continuity is different from the comic books. And I think, it was a clever and interesting take. Yeah, I gave it a four, and yep. and there was a lot of people who were like like, oh, you're generous, and it's like, it, it was fun, it, you know. It was entertaining to watch, but, and I think that's all you can really ask for. And and there are you, know, it's like the more I think about it, the more um, bit bigger like holes I start seeing. But that'll happen with any movie. I remember last year I saw Amazing Spider-Man, and the first day I saw it, um, I was like, this is so amazing, and then uh. A couple days later, I, I went to see it again, and someone pointed out some of the gaping plot flaws. And now every time, I'm just like, oh, why did you say that? 
Yeah, I. The first time I watched it, I, it didn't occur to me that Peter Parker has like four different father figures in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after someone said that to me, um, now I I can't watch it and appreciate it the same way. Yeah, I I've learned to um like when, if when I see a movie and it's it's great when I I get the the chance to to see a movie early because so, people aren't gonna pollute your opinion. Well, I mean there, there's that and and you know I I try not to let that that bother me you know it's like i don't i don't care what other people think and i you know sometimes i everyone we're on the same page and there's other times where people say i'm crazy but it's like whatever uh but i i i try to i don't want to write the review like right after i see it i mean that's kind of the best time to do it because everything's still kind of fresh so you remember stuff pure impression yeah but but then it's also like you get so caught up in the excitement that you don't you know you don't really have time to process what you've seen where you're like, yeah, that looked cool, but that, that absolutely made no sense. And <laughs> so like, like with Iron Man, I, I waited like two days, two and a half days till I, right. I, I wrote the review. But yeah, I mean, there's, and you know, like one of the things that, that bothered me and I, I know some people say that it's ridiculous to worry about it, but how there was like after Avengers and you got this great big movie all these characters and then you're you kind of take a step back to do a solo iron man movie which i get that i can appreciate that but it was just weird how there wasn't really any mention of anyone else and i get that you know thor could be off on asgard and maybe captain america is you know doing his winter soldier you know investigation or whatever but But like the rest of the avengers not just like call each other or something yeah i mean and and i i get that it's you know in iron man book it's not like he's calling them all the time you know he, he can do things himself but when you have a threat like when when everyone thinks tony stark was killed and when when you have the president's life being threatened yeah you, where you would, are the rest of those dudes <laughs> and and even more so you know when when they're they're like cleaning up his his mansion there's like not even, they, they could have had like people in in shield uniforms you know they, they right. there was like absolutely no mention of shield which is weird because they got this tv show coming out you know mm-hmm. that they're working on it so you think that they could at least have someone in a jumpsuit because facetime in there with those guys because if, if they're going to be trying to clean up you know tony stark's mansion with you know the, the potential of dangerous technology sitting there you know they wouldn't want just anyone to get a hold of it so you think that that like nick fury would at least send someone out i don't know maybe shield's rates are too high <laughs> i guess i mean <laughs> it, it just it just seemed weird that there's no no mention and i'm not saying that's like, oh, Iron Man's in trouble. Call Thor because you know he can just drop the hammer on someone. But it was weird that there was there was really no connection there. Yeah, that's true. I I didn't even really think of that because they you know they referenced the Avengers in dialogue. You know, they're talking about New York, talking yeah. about stuff that happened. But but you're right. They really we didn't see it, like much mention of them at all. Like in terms of the actual action. And and again, you know that that's kind of good in a way because. This is supposed it makes it an Iron Man movie. Yeah, it's supposed to be an Iron Man movie, not Iron Man and, and Friends. And friends. <laughs> which which is what Avengers basically was. But it just Iron Man and his Avengers friends. <laughs> yeah. But when once you open up that door, you know and, and you know, when you look at like, Captain America, they've you know, spy footage, whatever has has released, and we know Black Widow's gonna be there, which right. makes sense for you know, if they're gonna be true to the comic and with the Winter Soldier story and, and Bucky and all that. And you know, Falcons I don't know why Falcon's gonna be there. <laughs> Which, you know, no offense to Falcon. We'll find out. But, and, and I, I, I kind of, I don't know how I feel about a guy in a suit with wings. And, you know, some, some images have, they, I think uh, 
the concept art was released and there's some spy footage where you see i forget the actor's name where he's just in a jumpsuit you don't see any wings so i don't know if right because they're gonna cg those in probably yeah so it it, it it's silly that i kind of have a problem with a guy in a suit with wings that can fly even though you have like iron man and thor you can fly with other technology yeah so it's just i don't know i guess I, I'm not knocking it, but I, I guess it's going to be it's, interesting. I don't know. It's and maybe this is something that carries over from the comics. I think the the wings are just visually cool. Yeah. I mean, there's no practical reason for it, but you know, having a winged character. I mean, like Hawkman's pretty cool, and like so is you know, like Archangel and stuff. Like you have these characters that are, you know, not practical, but they look cool and like their action sequences become, you know, that much more varied and interesting because they have these wings to deal with. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's completely impractical to do that. You know, when in the age of like the Iron Man suit where you've got like repulsor tech and rockets that can make you fly, but I don't know. All right. Oh, what are your thoughts on man of steel? Um, <laughs> I, I'm hesitant. Like I, I hope it's good. Um, because I think if it's not good, then then people are just not really going to be as excited about Superman movies again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I really do want to see like a new, like a modern Superman movie that's awesome and that people can talk about and be excited about. Um, I think it's hard to tell from the trailers, like, and, and I think trailers are always a little bit misleading. Um, so I'm just gonna have to wait till I see it. But I, yeah, I have my fingers crossed that it's good because Superman needs some some good PR. Uh, Superman Returns. <laughs> that kid Ben and see and that's the thing with Iron Man is they had the kid there and some people said they liked the kid in the movie uh-huh. but to me it's just like I don't understand why they had this kid in the movie yeah and and you know yeah, there is funny parts with you know Tony Stark and the snark Tony Stark <laughs> Stark and the, and the kid but it just I don't know it just, just seemed like here is this random kid we're just gonna throw in here and, Maybe that's Disney's influence. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think someone else also, I, I saw someone, I didn't even think about this, when, um, so at the end of the movie, he he calls out all his other armors that are in the hidden, underneath, you know, in the bunker. Right. But it's like, why didn't he call them out when... At any earlier point. Yeah, or even when they're first getting attacked, or, you know, when he's on the run, and, you know, maybe he... Didn't have reception to call him or something, but it was just weird that he maybe he thought he could just handle it. Yeah. So, but yeah, no. And see, this is why, like, when I watch a superhero movie, like, I try not to get hypercritical of like the practical nature of it because, I mean, if you do that, then every single movie is going to just be a huge wreck if you try to think about like, you know, why didn't they make this super simple decision at the beginning? Well, then you kill the story. But yeah, I, I mean. I don't know. I just enjoyed Iron Man 3. Um, I'm not going to think about it too much because <laughs> I don't want to not enjoy it. Um, and, and you know, I'm looking forward to the rest of the movies that are going to be coming out soon in that universe. Yeah. I just it, – it, it's going to be curious. Now, okay, here's the other question. Do you think um, Man of Steel will have any ties to other DC movies? Like will there be – do you think there will be a you camera? Know what? I don't think DC like – or Warner Brothers Entertainment or whoever is in charge of the movie side of things, I just don't think they have a good handle on how to build a universe. And so I actually would prefer if it were a standalone thing because if you try to – like the Marvel model is very, very clearly thought out. You know, they planned this, you know, probably from the beginning of those phase titles. They knew how they were going to build into it. They knew how they were going to connect. I don't 
think the Warner Brothers studio executives have that kind of foresight. And even if they see the Marvel example, they're, they're not following it. And I don't know, frankly, I'd rather just see a bunch of good standalone movies than see them try and stumble through tying Man of Steel into a Justice League movie. Just because, and the tone that, I, I mean, if the trailers are any kind of indication, the tone is a little bit different from the ones that we're getting in the Marvel side. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Marvel movies are fun. You know, there's obviously there's serious action and there's, you know, there's very poignant moments, but on the whole, they're fun. And, you know, recent DC stuff, I mean, I feel like like the, the recent Bat trilogy or like the idea I'm getting out of the Man of Steel trailers is a little more serious. And so like these aren't movies that you're going to have like punchy comic relief. So I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to see like a whole like a Justice League movie that uh, that tied in, but like it tied in in a really serious way. I don't know that that doesn't seem like it would be as uplifting and fun as what Marvel's doing. Yeah, it. I mean, it, it's interesting because in the beginning they're very adamant. They're like, like, yeah, we're we're not going to tie our movies together. We feel our our characters are strong enough to stand on their own. But then I I think after seeing how well the Avengers did, they're like, you know, maybe. We might want to rethink that. And they might, but I just, I don't know, just given the general feel that you get from the movies, like, I don't, I think a crossover aspects would, I don't know how you're going to do that, except for like maybe to have just some sort of impending threat that everybody in the Justice League has to address. Yeah. And I mean, unless they they did like the new 52 comics where, you know, you bring in all these characters and, you know. And they just met each other. Yeah. Because their disadvantage, what worked with the Avengers is you had all the characters introduced in their own movies, so you didn't have to have an origin story in the Avengers. You can just like jump right to it. Right. So, and unless they hold off on a Justice League movie for another five years while they build out more properties, it's probably not going to happen that yeah, way. But it, it seems like they're. I, I think they're saying 2015. They mm-hmm. they want it because they're. I think they they they're like we need to get going on this. Right. So that that's going to kind of be a problem and you know because you'll, you'll have superman so if they if they're going to get henry cavill to do it you know he'll be established but then everybody else is going to be completely new yeah and and that's the other thing so it's like you have to have you know i wonder if there's gonna be any easter eggs or any mentions or you know any small things in man of steel because like you know when when they said that they're they're going to try to get chris christian bale mm-hmm. it's like there's no way the Justice League or anyone exists. This is going to be the darkest Justice League movie ever. Yeah. But there's there's no way that any of those heroes existed in, in the Batman, in the Nolan universe, because there is never any mention of it. And, you know, and this is another situation, you know, when 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 Bruce Wayne was in that underground prison or anything, well, there, there's a whole question. How did he get to Gotham? Right. You know, from there. But, you know, so maybe Superman did come and, you know, fly him over. And then, you know, Batman told him. We just didn't see it. Yeah. And Batman's like, this is my city. Get out. I'll handle this. But, you know, you you couldn't take the Christian Bale Batman there and then throw him into Justice League movie unless. Not to be like the super friends or anything. (laughs) Because, you know, there there was absolutely no superheroes or anyone else that existed. Right. It's a very grounded universe in that sense. So if if they are going to try to tie Henry Cavill into a Justice into a DC universe, you know, cinematic universe, we're going to get a different Batman. You you yeah, well you're, you're going to get that, but you you should there should be some mention somewhere, you know, it doesn't have to be you know that obvious or anything, but it it's not like 
all of a sudden, okay, next time you're going to see Henry Cavill, it's going to be in Justice League, and then here's all these other characters that existed. Right. Um, I, I did see, I forgot what, what site put it out there, but supposedly in, in a Superman, I don't know if it was a trailer or TV spot, where he's like flying through the city and they like zoomed in on the background. There was like this billboard and it had the name of a fictional comic that Booster Gold was in. Yeah. <laughs> so they're saying maybe Booster Gold's going to exist in, in, you know, the universe. In, in the Henry Cavill Superman universe. Yeah. Or it could just be, you know, someone real like Booster Gold. And they're like, we're going to throw in this little Easter egg, even though it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so I don't know. Guess we'll, we'll have to see. But I wonder how Booster Gold would play with like just the mass market audiences. I don't know. I mean, because he was in Smallville. I know he was in once. I don't know if he was in there a couple times. That was another show I got behind on. I I ended up missing a whole season because my my DVR. I had like thirty episodes on my DVR, and then mm-hmm. when the the last episode came on, I watched that, and then and I was like, oh, I'm still gonna watch the other ones. And you just never got around to it. My DVR ended up dying, and so, oh, so all all that got was was gone. Because you know, I so I take it you know to the cable company, and they're like, "We'll give you a new one," and I'm just like. But the new but one doesn't have my stuff. I got all this stuff, and There's, they have to have some sort of way to do like cloud storage for people's DVR because. <laughs> yeah, because they they get. <laughs> my my wife's break all the time. My wife's always complaining because like uh, our the DVR in the living room it's it's full of cartoons. Nice. Because because me and my daughter um because she only watches TV on the weekends and usually it's like two episodes on Saturday and two episodes on Sunday. Sometimes mm-hmm. we might be able to stretch it and get a third episode or like um the other night. Uh, we we watched the Teen Titans, um, Teen Titans Go. Um, have Have you been watching that? I have. I think it's adorable. Oh, and awesome. I, I I love that show. It cracks me up, and it's making me feel a little bit better about some of those other cancellations because at least there's something cool. Yeah. So there's like so many cartoons. Oh, I was like, yeah, I just got to watch that stuff. I was, I I'm like, I know we got to watch it, but you know, we don't always get around to it. There'll be like some Saturdays, like, well, we're going to go off and do this. And, or if I'm at a convention, which, you know, I've been going out so many, you know, we lose a chance to watch stuff. And see this, somebody needs to get behind cloud-based DVR. Cause then you can just watch those things on like your iPad or something when you're traveling. Yeah. I'm sure there's so some reason to- they don't want, but I, I just, I'm surprised that like if a DVR does die, that they can't say, okay, there's a, a, you know, memory card or somewhere, you know, some, board inside that we can just you know save the data right but it's just like nope it's, it's gone uh, so my dpr is actually also filled with cartoons <laughs> um because i you know it's funny i um i just got into adventure time um mm-hmm. not seen it before it's frustrating though it's, it's weird to me because i started with the comics and i thought those were just charming and fun uh and so i was like oh i'm gonna watch the show nobody's voice sounds like what i expected it to <laughs> And so it's the opposite of, of what happened with like Batman, the animated series has completely yep. uh, defined for me what everyone's voice sounds like in that universe. Mm-hmm. So like every time I hear Batman, it's it's always going to be that same voice. And every time I hear Joker, it's always going to be the same voice. But the opposite happened with Adventure Time because I'm watching this and I'm like, whoa, this is not at all what I thought it was going to sound like. <laughs> my my problem with that, because I, I started watching Adventure Time, I think it was like when the second season started. Mm-hmm. So I, I started recording them and what, 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 what I was saying is frustrating is cause there's, there's two episodes and, and they, they're constantly mixing them up. 
Oh. So it's like even even now when when they show a, a new episode, it's like the first one will be new and then the second one is an older one. So there there's the longest time like you know we we'd have like like 20 or 30 episodes of Adventure Time cuz they would show it so many times and so I was just like recording them all so we can watch all the episodes and then right. that's and what it, I'm doing. And then you get to a point you're like okay that's the yeah. title sounds familiar you're like do we see this one? Mm-hmm. And then my daughter right away she's like yep we saw that one. So then you got to fast forward to get to the second one and like did we see this one? Nope. Or you know so it's it's just frustrating how they just mix it up like that rather than have these two episodes always together and these two and these two, they just, they like to mix it up that way. So I wonder if they're going to do that with, with teen Titans eventually, since you you got the two episodes there. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I like it because I, I'm still catching up. So I get to see a bunch of these older episodes that I otherwise have to like track down on Netflix or something. So it's good for me, but I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get sick of that. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm still weird. It's Jake's voice. I thought it would be more high pitched. (laughs) Hmm. And so I'm just like, wait a minute. What happened here? That's interesting. Uh, Let's see. Let's maybe look at some questions. Have you ever been to um, this? this, Okay, here's a question from Drummer007. So this is post 707 um, on the forums. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's saying, thanks for helping me get into comics past years. I've been wanting to go to a con, but I live in the South. And the only thing I have found close to me is Dragon Con in Atlanta. Is this a good con? Is it geared more towards the other fantasy and sci-fi comics as well? Now, is Dragon Con, is that the one with all the the controversy? Edgar stuff. Yes. So uh, so as as for whether it's a good con, I think that's going to depend where you fall on uh, on all that controversy that's going on. I know a lot of people are boycotting it mm-hmm. because they don't want to put their money towards that. Um, I think in terms of the other part of the question, um, it's definitely um, – I would actually say it leans a little more towards fantasy and sci-fi because it's – I know it's one of the bigger conventions for cosplayers. Yeah. Um, and so that's going to be a huge focus. It's not one that that you're going to see um, – a lot of like comics creators at like there will be some, but it's not the big focus. Um, so it's, I think it really depends what you want out of a convention. If you are really into cosplay and shopping, it's probably a good one to go to. Um, I would also, you know, recommend reading up on the current controversy in case you want to make a decision about that. Yeah. Um, but there are some other conventions in the South. Um, so I guess it depends where you live. Um, I know that I want to say it's Megacon is in Orlando. Um, let me see. Yeah. Okay. So Megacon is in Orlando that already happened this year. Um, but there's going to be one in 2014. Um, and wizard world actually does a convention in new Orleans. So I guess depending where you are in the South, uh, there's that there's also uh heroes con yeah. in Charlotte. So, uh, so there are comic conventions in the South. Um, and I know that, you know, the ones I just named are, are definitely a little more comics focused. So, uh, so that might be something to look into. You will not be at Heroes Con, right? I will not. I am really bummed about that because I keep hearing amazing things about that convention. Um, I think I'm going to try and put it on my schedule for next year. Hmm. I was kind of hoping, cause I, I kind of want to go, but I don't know if I'm going to go. Cause yeah. Because I, I was I was going to try to go to Phoenix because that's just in a couple weeks. I am going to Phoenix. I know. So I was I was like, I should go to Phoenix, too, because then, you know, we could could team up again. Yeah. But it's just getting so close now. I mean, I haven't looked at like 
I don't know how crazy flights are now. Ooh, and, flights are super cheap. I think I spent less than 150 bucks to get my flights. And then there's a hotel. You know, is, is there okay. still any you know good hotels nearby? And then the other thing is because that's my 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 birthday weekend. And yeah. and then my wife's like, like, oh, we're gonna have a three day weekend. She's like, she's like, she's totally encouraging. She's like, it's like, yeah, you know, you should go. But then she's like, it would kind of be nice to have you know a three day weekend. So I'm that's like, true. so I was like, all right, I probably won't go then because I've because yeah. I, I I did Toy Fair in February. Mm-hmm. Then I did um, Emerald City. And then C2E2. And then, and then WonderCon and then C2E2. Oh, I forgot about WonderCon in between those. Yeah, so I've done four shows already. And then I was going to do Phoenix because, you know, I'd never been. And it's like, okay, that's not that far from here. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I've, I've heard some good things. But I just think every time I, I'm going to go somewhere, my daughter's like, you're going again? <laughs> so she's just and, – and, you know, but she's she's totally cool with, with me going. And, like – keep- I keep forgetting how many of these there are every year. And so um, my family will ask about it. And they were like, how many of those do you go to? They're like, is it like three? And I'm just thinking, I was like, no, it was more like 12. <laughs> I think I did like six or seven last year, which yeah. was the most I did. So I got to do a little quick mental math here. Like how many I'm going to this year. Let's see. I did Emerald City, WonderCon, C2E2. Um, and then I got Phoenix coming up, San Diego, uh, the other one in Chicago, the Wizard World Chicago, uh, New York, uh, West Virginia. Okay, yeah. So that list keeps growing. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I'm going to go to North Carolina or not. I'm not yeah. even sure. I, I got to look at the weekend, like other stuff that's happening. Right. But, yeah, we'll see. And then, of course, San Diego will be there. San Diego is going to be awesome. Yeah. And you're going to do some stuff with us, right? I sure will. I don't actually have a press badge. Do I need that? <laughs> Um, no, because yeah, you, it's, as long as you have a regular badge, it, it, they they don't care. They don't they don't yeah. look at anything. And, and the press badge, you know, for everyone listening, press badge doesn't all it does is get you in. It doesn't yeah. give you any special access. Like if you want to cover a panel, you got to wait yeah, in line. You can go to a panel. I didn't know if like I don't know if there's like press rooms. Like if you can't get in, if you just have a regular badge. I've never I've never used a press room at San Diego. I don't know if there oh, is okay. one. Um, if there there are sometimes. Well, I mean, there there's press rooms for interviews and stuff. Yeah. Like uh, Warner Brother Animation usually has you know interviews with with the voice actors, but that's not even that big. No one's like checking your badge because like that's if you true. if you have an appointment, um, you know, usually it's it, they'll have your name or something like that. So that's true. They don't really check all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, definitely have to. Well, I'm really excited about it. Um, I had a great time at San Diego last year, so yeah, uh, I'm pretty psyched to be going this time. Yeah, and um, we we haven't really. I don't actually. I don't know if, how much I should say, <laughs> or like what I'm supposed to say, because we're um, we'll be going because Gamespot will be going, and last year they had a Mickey's across the street, mm-hmm. which, which I I didn't even end up going. Or they had that that spot. So I think they're going to have that again this year. And we I've started doing like some planning with them because we want to try to do more stuff with Gamespot. You know, it's like we're, we're you know sister companies or whatever. Yeah, and, and they usually have a ton of people there because when we go, it's it's always been me and Sarah. Last year we had two camera guys and then a, a video producer, just like editing pretty much all day. And then we had Matt, um, and I thought we had someone else. Maybe we only had Matt. Oh, am I forgetting someone? Because usually we, then we have like a couple people like that sit in on the panels and cover those. Yeah, it's like I never make it to the panels anymore. It's hard to do that sometimes, just schedule wise. Yeah, because because usually Sarah and I are, are just running around, 
you know, doing you know, interviews and all that. And, you know, you go to the Marvel booth or DC booth or this, you know, press room or whatever. And, you know, I'm, I'm always spending a lot of time in Artist Alley, which, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I love Artist Alley. I love Artist Alley, too. I would just do that for fun. So, yeah. So definitely. It'll be crazy town, but it'll be awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good idea to to partner up with GameSpot just because there's so much crossover right now with comics and video games. I mm-hmm. mean, we've got Justice. Um, what else is there? Is there a Defiance comic? I feel like there is. Uh, or is that just a TV show? I don't know. But, like, Deadpool's coming out in June. Mm-hmm. I'm Which, actually kind of psyched about that. I, I got to play it. I don't know if you saw my... I did, yeah. Because um, it, it was funny because... Giant Bomb actually got invited, and and I, they either couldn't make it or didn't want to make it, so they passed it off to me. So I was like happy to go to because the the developers, I I think they were just here for like a week or so or for a few days because mm-hmm. it, it was it was literally like a couple blocks from from our office. I'm like awesome. So I actually it was it was last Friday. I it, it gave me a reason to get out of the office because I, I get here at seven thirty and then I you know leave early like, early. Yeah, and I mean it's nice because it's quiet, and you know I can try to get stuff done and shoot a video or something. But it, it gave me it's like also seven thirty. You know, yeah, yeah. But uh, so I, my point was like I think like at ten. So it, it made me like get out of the office, walk a couple blocks, and go there. And and I've I've sat in on these before, like with like Amazing Spider Man. You know, just where you see the developers, they they. You know, the game's a little glitchy because they're, they're still working on it, and they just show you different levels and like what you can do and stuff like that. But they they usually never let you play it, you know. And part oh, of it, yeah. because of all the bugs and all all that or whatever. But when I saw Deadpool, they they ran me through, you know, they they went over some of the levels and showed me like the intro. You know, you're, you're in his apartment and you can check things out. And nice. they're and then they're like, and then we're gonna hand the controller over to you. So I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> so it's like I'm gonna have to try to play this game. And they're going to be watching me, you know, maybe laughing if I get killed or so it, it, it took me a little you know what, bit. Though, I, I have a true story for you. Most video game developers are not nearly as as good at the games uh, at playing the games as they are at making them. Mm-hmm. So uh, so don't feel so bad. If, That's good. If, well, I, I didn't do too bad. There was a couple of times I, I was dying, but with with Deadpool, he regenerates. So you, you can see when he's taking a beating. So you just kind of run off and he'll, he'll start healing. Right. And. But the, the game's it's funny. It's it's immature. I mean, it's so immature and there's there's well, it's Deadpool, it kinda has yeah, to be. But there's like some language things in there and All right. So, so there's some ESRB rating stuff that we gotta think about. Yeah, like, yeah it's it's definitely mature. You rated M. And you know, there there's blood, you know, plenty of violence in that and, and so it was it's just really fun. Wrong with that. Yeah, it's 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 like mindless fun. You just go around, you know, killing everyone and he's got different moves and you know, there's there's lots of little Easter eggs, and you know, there's gonna be different appearances. Does he, does he break the fourth wall like he does in the comic? Oh, absolutely! It's like, like he it. he knows he's in a video game. I mean, he <laughs> he's talking about it. That's amazing. And he's he's got, it's because it, Daniel Way wrote it, so it's it's like the Daniel Way version, and you know, he's got the two other voices. All right. That you know, Nolan Nor- North does all three voices. Oh wow! And and they're a little different, you know. So you can definitely tell. And there's like little icons that pop up, you know. There's like a little. So you get the yellow voice and the white voice. <laughs> so you know you, you you can you definitely get that. And I and I know I'm not the only one because I I was reading the comments on one of the trailers, and there's a lot of people that were really concerned, like with annoyance of it. And and I actually brought that up to them, and they're like, "Yeah, we spent a lot of time trying to balance that that annoyance factor." Because, you know, if, if he's just 
because I, I know someone w- was concerned with when, when he's like shooting, he's like pew 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 or something like that. <laughs> they're they're like if he's doing that through the whole game, that's that's gonna be yeah. But but it, it wasn't bad. I mean, I th- I think they had just the right amount, and you know he'll make the occasional joke or comment, but it, it didn't didn't feel like it was over the top. Okay, and, I mean I'm I'm kind of sold on this now. I'm probably gonna get the game. Yeah. So the only thing is. I don't know how long, like how many levels or how long the game is. So I, okay. I guess it could be, I guess the question will be, does it get repetitive after a while? Yeah. But, so but see, okay, here's the thing. And, and this is, this is where the injustice game hits on that. That game is totally repetitive. Once you beat story mode, I mean, like it, it's a fighting game. It's meant to be repetitive mm-hmm. and it is no less fun. Um, I mean, I'm still playing it, you know, until my thumb gets a bruise on it. Yeah. So, and, and who's your favorite character in injustice? Um, so I I wanted it to be Nightwing, but uh, his his move set is really good, and I I like that the Escremistics like stab together and form a staff. But I found that when I went into like the ranked matches online and started playing against strangers, and everybody was Superman, and they would just toast him with heat vision, and like I had no shot. So my new favorite character in that game is Sinestro because he's the only person I can beat Superman with. Hmm, interesting. So. Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, I I played story mode for all the characters just so I could lock everything. Um, and it, you know, Superman is pretty because when you do the the battle mode and you do those challenge ladders, um, you know, there's a they there's like a juiced up Superman with like the hardest AI possible at the end of everybody. So you're gonna die like six times before you beat him. Um, and that was especially hard with certain characters. Like I know Catwoman. I I don't even know how many times she died trying to fight Superman. Um, but it's it's really cool to to just like test out all the different move sets, um, and Sinestro's are actually pretty powerful. So, so the bad thing is I haven't had a chance to even play it. You haven't? I mean, I played it at New York. Um, you know, at the, the, the demo there. Do you have a PlayStation or an Xbox? Both. Okay, play it on Xbox and then do a ranked match, and I'll kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will because I haven't even played it. And but my my problem is is I don't have the time. I don't have time to to watch tv and and then so it, it's it's so frustrating it's like my xbox is mainly to watch netflix and like uh. my, my playstation is to watch blu-rays and it's it's so frustrating because i used to play video games all the time mm-hmm. and and then it's pretty much since comic vine started you know my, my time has been working on the site like all the time which, see that's why games like injustice are so good because you can play a match and it's like two minutes and then you know Go back to whatever else you were doing. Yeah. But see, like, how many hours have you put into it? I don't want to talk about that. You say, so exactly, you're going to kick my butt. You know, I, I, you, you'd I, kick my butt they, even. Yeah. You, could, you could be Nightwing or whoever, and I could be Superman and or Sinestro, and you'd yeah, probably see, still kick my butt. Yeah, but once you figured out that heat vision move, you'd destroy me. Like, that's, I don't know, some of those those move sets are unfair, but. Maybe uh, someday. Yeah. Uh, no, you should give it a shot, though. It's it's a good, like a like, a short burst thing. Like, I know. When I got it, I had to beat story mode immediately, so I played it for six hours straight. But, um, you know, if you just want to do a couple of rounds of fights, I mean, like, that's like five minutes. Yeah. So we'll see. But I am tempted now with Deadpool. And I think Deadpool it, looks pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's, I forget how much it is. Cause it, it's, I don't know if it's 39 or 49. Oh, really? Cause usually like new console games are like 69.99. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a little cheaper. So, I mean, when before I went and saw it, I, I was a little concerned about that. I was like, "Why, you know, why is it cheaper 
you know, does that mean they don't have a lot of confidence in it that, you know, they're, they're trying to, to sell it cheaper? But or maybe they just want to bring more people onto it and they know that a lower price point will do that. Yeah, it's, so it's, um, gonna, it's gonna be forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, and, so yeah, that is that is a little bit lower uh, than you're gonna see for a lot of Xbox games. I know most of the newer ones are about twenty bucks more. Um, but you know that that might be a good thing. That might introduce some more people to the game that that weren't already gonna play it. Yeah, and then that's the problem. It's like I I bought Arkham City, you know, day one, mm-hmm. and I I haven't played it in the I longest actually, time. I still haven't gotten all the way through Arkham City. It's a really good game, but I am uh that one is it's one of those ones where if I'm gonna play it, I know I need to sit down for a few hours. Mm-hmm. And whereas like Injustice, like and I I love anything Netherrealm puts out. I'm a huge fan of like Mortal Kombat. I even liked Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, and I know that that's widely regarded as like one of the worst games ever. <laughs> um but I thought it was entertaining and fun and it's just it's just button mashing and you know, beating the crap out of somebody, especially with a superhero. It's really fun. Yeah. I just, and I, I, I also got Lego Batman too. The Lego games are awesome. And I haven't had, I think I'm only like on the, the second or third level. It's like, I haven't had time. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's yeah. And, and then I, I bought Skylanders. Cause oh, I, I haven't played that one yet. I was like, you know, it's my, my daughter and I can play and And I, I heard from some people that, you know, you have to be careful cause you know, you have to buy all those figures Right. And, you know, they're, they're like, that can be like an addictive thing. But mm-hmm. what I was told that you really only need one character because there's like, I think, seven elements. So you, you, you need at least one from each element so you can get in because there's like certain worlds you need that character to to get there to that level. Right. And and I had a, a bunch of Toys R Us gift cards because I used there to use a, a, a Toys R Us credit card where, you, you know, you earn the points. Mm-hmm. And so I I got like $63 worth of Skylander figures for free, basically. And I still haven't had that much time to play it. So it's just like, <laughs> so I, I, I see the portal sitting next to the, the, the TV and I'm just like, uh, so, oops. I don't know. It's, it's, it's sad. It makes me sad. It's, it's tough. I, I'm not actually sure how I did this, but I know when I was in high school, I would play video games for just so many hours. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I played like 10 hours a day, but I don't know when that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess maybe I just didn't sleep. Because yeah. I'm just thinking, like, well, I went to school and I had a job and I went to sports practice, but I know that I spent just like copious amounts of times, like either playing Halo or like leveling up in Diablo two or something. And so it's just like, well, at some point I played all these games, but when did that happen? Yeah, I think for me the last time was like Metal Gear Solid two. Mm-hmm. Like that was the last time I was just like would just plow through it and just 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 play all the time. And my wife's like, come on, you're, that's enough. <laughs> All right, uh, Kale the Flash Seven Eleven. These are one of those questions that are kind of kind of tough. So it says, "My question might require a bit of thought and time, time, but I thought it'd be really interesting hearing your opinions. If you were to look back in twenty years and name the top five most important issues in the New Fifty Two for the first year and a half, what would they be and why?" Oh, that's tough. So his top five are Justice League number one because it was the, the first issue to New Fifty Two. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Batman, number one, start of Snyder's epic run in Batman. Aquaman, number one, start of Aquaman being cool. Batman, Inc., number eight, Dr. Robin. And Action Comics, number one, Superman revamped origin. Okay. So, um, so, I'm going to agree with number four. Batman, Inc., number eight absolutely is uh, is going to stand out, you know, killing Damien. But mm-hmm. I think with the rest of them, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a, an opposing viewpoint here and say that the number one issues themselves are not – 
memorable enough to stand mm-hmm. out. And I think there's a lot more moments in the New 52 that happened that I'd consider more significant. Um, Batman, uh, I mean, Batman number five stands out for me a lot. Um, and, and really a lot of that stuff with the Court of Owls crossover, mm-hmm. um, just because it was new and it was, it was clever. And I mean, I still see people at conventions with their owl masks from San Diego last year. So, um, so really like the, and that's, this is where it gets tough to like break it down into single issues. Cause especially a lot of these things, like the crossover event is what made it. Um, but I mean like the court of owls, if you want to like, I guess we'll pull like Batman five, Nightwing nine. Um, I forget. Was it eight and nine for all the other issues that tied in there? That sounds right. Yeah. So that swath of issues where you got to meet the talents and stuff, I think that would stand out. I, I say also Thomas Wayne Jr. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's like we have like over five already. Yeah. So those, I mean, that stuff's really standing out to me a lot. Um, what about Wonder Woman's? Wonder Woman, see, okay, Wonder Woman, it's hard because it's, I can't pin down a specific issue that, you know, that single issue stands out. Um, I want to say issue seven. Now I have to like peek back and remember when, what was happening then. But um, I think issue seven of Wonder Woman was one that, that really stood out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it in my top five, but also. When, when I, I, yeah, I don't think I'd put it in my top five, but it was definitely a stand. Yeah, it is issue seven. Well, um, I, I was going to say when Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino took over Green Arrow. I will definitely agree on that one. Um, yeah. Okay. So Wonder Woman seven, that's, you know, why it's standing out is cause that's the one that was controversial. Cause it's where we learned, uh, about the Amazons and their maybe less than perfect track record. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're, it's, it's not something in 20 years that I'm going to look back and be like, Oh yeah. Remember when we found out that like the Amazons were not awesome all the time. Um, what about teen Titans number zero? <laughs> <laughs> Tim Drake wasn't a Robin. <laughs> that's i'm i'm not gonna remember that in 20 years for a good reason though um although uh let me think some of the zero issues i actually i really did enjoy mm-hmm. um actually i really like batman zero a lot yeah it's i mean it's again it's not something that 20 years later i'm gonna look back and be like remember that zero issue that kicked ass um i think yeah it's single issues are really hard to isolate just because the way the new 52 has been structured um oh, which one i think it was aquaman 5 the one where we've see Mara being kind of a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, that one stands out for me. I might say Flash number three. Yeah. Because that was the, the death of Dr. Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that, You'll remember that. That in- Brian Bucciolato. So, you know, and, and, and I, I constantly joke to say, it's like, Dr. Guerrero can come back because, you know, all the clones and all that. So maybe it was mm-hmm. a clone that was killed and, and that and, and so I always joke, it's like, you know, when's he going to come back? Because, you know, a character dies in comics, they come back. And so I don't know if it was the first time or the second time Brian was, was on. And he's like, I'll tell you what, it's like, if you get, you know, a certain number of people that want him back, we'll bring him back. And I, I, for, I forgot what we came up with. And so I, I think we said, what about like on Facebook? I was like, what if I can get like 100 likes? Because our, our Facebook is, you know... It seems like a lot of comic vine people don't necessarily use Facebook. You know, uh-huh. there, there's a there's a group of people who are like anti Facebook, and you know, there's some that are like anti Twitter for you know whatever reason. Uh huh. So, and he's like, all right, and then it was literally, I think it was like 25 minutes, 
and I, I was able to get a hundred likes. Which and it was weird. It was like maybe like nine o'clock at night, on you know Pacific time, which sometimes it seems like you know there's not a lot of people because if they're East Coast or whatever. And then he backs out of it. It's like Doctor Guerrero's still not back. <laughs> so it's like thanks, Brian. So, uh, as far as other issues, I'm tr- I'm trying to think like what other big moments. Yeah, it, I feel like a lot of the storylines got drawn out at least over three or four issues, and so like it's hard to pinpoint that one. Yeah, it might be easier to do like arcs or like yeah, or just like I mean, that- yeah, story arcs definitely. I mean, like we can we can point at those, and that'll that's easier to isolate. I mean, like I know for me, like you know, obviously I'm a huge fan of the Bat Family books, and Court of Owls for me was just that was a huge highlight for the yeah. New Fifty Two, and like the Graysons, um, like his you know the Grayson of Gotham, yeah. yeah. So, and I think that was Nightwing Nine that that happened in. Yeah, so a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. All right. I think we spent too much time. Sorry, man. <laughs> We're going to have to move on. Okay. This next one, um, I did that as a video. So I'm going to skip yeah. that. Um, Spade Slick says, why do you think it is that all international heroes that don't operate inside the United States fail at the big two? Is it because Americans simply aren't interesting in reading about anyone that lives outside of America? Or do you think editorial does not like global heroes because it hinders crossovers between books. Uh, I think the second point's kind of hard to argue just because, um, you know, you've got the Avengers and then like if you pull Thor from Asgard, like that's not hindering a crossover. So, um, so I mean like in that extent, like you, you do see some global stuff going on setting wise. Uh, I guess it depends what universe you're looking at. I mean, like, DC Universe kind of keeps most of its stuff in these fictional cities that, uh, you know, I guess they're all in the U.S. But, um, but I mean, we see a little bit of it. I mean, like Batwing happens overseas. Not um, for much longer. Well, yeah, that's true. Batwing was happening overseas. Um, but see, that could be a good example. And, and you know, sales weren't that great. Yeah. So maybe people are like, I don't want to read about Africa. Which is too bad because I think there's so much story potential. I mean, like there's – there's so much that, that you could explore with like, you know, just social and cultural differences that aren't happening. Like, I mean, you're not really dealing with like revolutions and stuff over here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it could actually be really interesting to explore that, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, I know, um, Avengers assemble just hopped over to London, but I think that was really just for a single issue for the age of Ultron stuff. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question because I I would like to see a little more variety in like where people are operating just because, you know, I'm I feel like New York has just been beaten down really hard in the yeah. comics and like in like, terms of real cities. And why would anyone want to live there? Awesome. Yeah. Um but like Excalibur, you know, I I love that series when, you know, Chris Claremont and Alan Davis and you know, that was all in London. That's true. Yeah, you kept yeah there's such a, there's a cool swath of like British heroes that I feel like we don't see enough of. Yeah, so I, I don't know what it is, and you know there there's a couple characters from you know other like like Sunspot is now in Avengers, and you know yeah. he's he's from Brazil, and I'm trying to think if who, what other like international, you know we've got Sunfire, we had Shang Chi, so we're, we're seeing some characters pop in, but I guess. They're still not like they don't have their own books, right? Well, I'm thinking like we saw some international action like in AVX. I mean, like 
you know, they were all over the place. Yeah. I always like seeing books set in Latveria because, uh, you know. Do you like Dr. Doom? I do like Dr. Doom. He's my favorite. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, we, I mean, we saw, like, Latveria. We saw Wakanda. But then, yeah, that all kind of. And as the other thing, Black up. Panther book didn't didn't do well. Right. So these people are, these American readers are all whatever, anti. Gotham and Metropolis and New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So. I don't know, but I I do like seeing stories that have, you know, varied settings. So so it'd be nice if we got to see a little bit more of that. Yeah. And Spade Slick says, do you think we'll ever see today where we moder- have moderately successful ongoings focusing on unique superheroes based in real countries like France or Italy or even somewhere less romanticized like Kosovo or Afghanistan? The entirety of Earth itself be important, not just a small chunk of it. But that is something like James Robinson's trying to, you know, he he's mentioned that a lot in Earth too, where he's he's getting a lot more variation like where everyone's coming from and you know we're supposed to be seeing other nations represented so at least he's he's doing his part but mm-hmm. like like a book taking place in france i i don't know if, if i could see that happening it, i mean i think it's going to depend how you do it i mean like night runner was a really cool character yeah um, and where's he paris well no not. i mean i mean <laughs> although i think he wasn't he just mentioned recently I remember. Uh, I don't know if he's coming back. I thought maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's. I think Kyle mentioned him at WonderCon and. Oh, because there was a off, cosplayer. Yeah, because because we do one of those off their mind videos. He he mentioned Night Runner, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why it's it's on my brain. But yeah. But, um. Oh, speaking of of Batman Inc. Did you hear the the Bat Cow news? I did. I I hope that's not a joke. I hope that's. Well, I think they say what I think Dan is Dan DeDio's writing it and um, Ethan Van Skyver, I think they said was. was yeah, no, I just I couldn't tell, like, if that was, you know, just their idea of a joke or if it's actually happening. I hope it is because, you know, I dig Bat Cow. Yeah. And Chris Burnham kind of see. I don't know if he was supposed to say that during that interview because <laughs> he's like, yeah, there should be some news coming up. And then I'm kind of looking and. And, you know, PR didn't say anything. Then so I was like, yeah. and, you know, I don't know if they just kind of missed it and well i hope it's not a joke i hope it's for real happening because i think that's charming and awesome yeah but yeah i didn't it, it's just it's it's not gonna be in another country Bat cow's not gonna travel <laughs> the world okay Probably. um i feel like i've done this one see ecto borge i see this doesn't make sense so every once in a while i'll get questions that are meant for the other yeah. podcast because Sarah and Corey aren't here. So sorry, Ectoborg, Borge, Borg. Um, skip that one. Hazmat 103. Um, do you think there's been too much Scarecrow in a new 52? I just realized how much he's been featured since it started. Um, so, so he was recently in, in, in Dark Knight mm-hmm. when, when Greg Hurwitz took over. And he's appeared in Justice League number two with the Secret Society. Um, was he around? What else was he in before that? Was he in Detective or mm. I don't remember if he was in that run or if that was pre New Fifty Two. I'm trying to think because I mean, yeah, could, could look it up. I hear you clicking away, cheater. Yep. Cheater. That's what I'm looking for. It's oh. not cheating. It's, it's it's good to be aware of when stuff's yeah. showing up. Where where what are you Sorry. using to to look? Google. Google. 
Because, <laughs> you know, all you got to do is if you, if you go to comicvine.com, the site you, you now write for, um, uh-huh. you, you can kind of see recent appearance, recent issues that have been added. Oh, that, I didn't even think to do that. That's smart. And uh, it, it looks like he... So he, well, he was in Little Gotham's, which doesn't count. Um, I think it counts. Eh, sort of. He was in Swamp Thing, which totally forgot about that. Um, looks like he was in a when the Detective. Legends of the Dark Knight, the digital. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe he's kind of been used a lot, but not not so much in the regular stories. I mean, I would, I I think he's just been in. He was in Batman. He was in Batman number ten. Oh, was he in? Oh, he was in. Wait, where was he in Batman number ten? Oh, I don't remember that. Oh wait, no, this is I'm looking at it. No, Dark Knight number ten, maybe. Oh. So it's probably like okay. he was in Arkham. But um I don't know. How did you feel about him being in Swamp Thing? You know what? It's I'm alright with it. I I think it's really kind of a cool thing when when characters show up in, in different areas. Cause like I've always wondered that about certain things, like um maybe not about Scarecrow, but I've always wondered with um like what would happen if you put Joker against like any of the other DC heroes, like mm-hmm. would it would it be as powerful? And I think Scarecrow is a little bit different of a situation, just because, um, you know, I guess like his his power set, if you will, um, could work against a whole bunch of different people in the DCU. Um, so I mean, I don't mind that he's appearing. I think it's actually kind of a a neat way to pull in new fans that that might not otherwise be reading the books because he's recognizable. I mean, like the the movie audiences that remember him from. Uh, the Nolan trilogy are probably gonna be like, "Hey, Scarecrow, I know that dude," and and I I think that's a powerful thing um, to be able to have like a character that's that's familiar because then it it just makes people encouraged to read more books. Yeah. So I so I mean I guess to that end I don't think there's too much Scarecrow in the New Fifty Two just because it's like if it's something that's gonna make people read more mm-hmm. then cool. Yeah. Also, I like the dude. I I think he's interesting. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about? So I was going to ask you before. What do you think about the the first post Scott Snyder Swamp Thing issues? It's different. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, like especially like issue. I thought issue eighteen was was one of the best ones. Of the oh of the the, that I almost that that made me tear up. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's an adjustment. Um, I. Okay, the, the way I feel about most comics is, um, and the, you know, whether it's a new series that I haven't been reading or um, if it's a new creative team on something I have been reading, um, I give it three issues and then I'll I'll make a decision then. So I don't think we're far enough into the new Swamp Thing team for me to to really decide that. I admire that. I I can't do that. The three issue thing. <laughs> That's but, why my pull list is so big. It's because I'm like I'll give it three issues. No, I I I. I, I I'm still buying Red Lanterns, and that's... I'm still buying Red Lanterns also. That's like my punching bag. It's kind of like the joke. You know, I always mention that. I, I can't remember the last time I actually read Red Lanterns. Well, but you're um, just buying it anyways? Just in case. It's like I probably should have read it for, like, you know, Dolly's crossovers, you know, Wrath Rat, of the White First Lantern or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I keep keep getting it because I love the Green Lantern books so much. And I'm like, there's going to be a connection. There's going to be something. You know, I don't want to miss it. Those rage kitties are so cool. Yeah, and I was like, you know, maybe the next you know, something really cool is going to happen, and yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'm buying it because I don't want the title to go away, and not that my you know single issue that I'm purchasing every month is really going to make that much of a difference. But 
I'm just hoping that, you know, if people keep buying it, then it'll keep happening. And then like, maybe the story will get really amazing. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but as, as far as Swamp Thing, I mean, I, as much as I loved Scott Snyder's run and I, I did like that it was in its own little corner of, yeah. of the DC universe, but at the same time, it almost felt like the whole rot and rot world. It, it took too long. Yeah. But then at the end of, of Rot World, I was, I was like, I want to see more of this world. Like when we saw like the fate of Batman and, and everything like that, you know, I, th- mm-hmm. I thought it would have been cool. So now I, I can totally appreciate that Charles Soleil's trying to get Swamp Thing out into the DC universe. So that's that's kind of cool. But it almost like like having Superman again, it makes sense. And Superman was in the first issue. And, you know, the reason that Swamp Thing want, or Alec wanted to talk to him. But then it's also like. I don't want it to be too forced. Right. So, um, I, I think we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, I'll, I'm going to give it a shot. I mean, I'm still pulling it and I'm, you know, I got my three issue rules, so we'll see if I like where it goes. Uh, it's, it's going to be hard to top Snyder's run just cause it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Muckle Flugga says, when did you first read a comic? How old were you when you started reading comics regularly? Have you ever stopped reading? So you kind of already answered that. Like, yeah. You know, when you first- Although there's that third part. Have you ever stopped reading comics regularly since then? I, I did actually in, in college. Um, yeah. I, like, I'd pick up the occasional trade, but I didn't have a comic shop mm-hmm. uh, in college. Um, so there was, there's like a block in the, the early 2000s where I just uh, I had to go get trades to catch up on what was going on. And so my first experience uh, – because you know, so my my parents are from from South America from Chile and my dad had some Spanish comics like I remember okay. this this one and I, I keep forgetting which one it was so it was like a reprint because they're in Spanish and there was it was an action comics I remember I did finally track down which issue it was because I remember it had Superman and the Flash on the cover and the way it was drawn it's like the Flash was like running towards Superman and then kind of like bounced off him so <laughs> but but you see like all these multiple like images of the flash because they were trying to show him running and so i i would i think i was like five years old when i saw that issue and i couldn't read spanish you know i could mm-hmm. barely read english and um so i i just remember that and then i grew up with like you know the cartoons and you know i caught reruns of like the the cartoons from the 60s because we we had this in this was in in illinois there's there's these two really cool syndicated channels where they just show like all these old cartoons, like they show like Speed Racer, nice, and, and they had like you know Spider Man from you know sixty nineteen sixty seven and the old cheesy Marvel cartoons where you know very little movement, and then you know Spider Man is Amazing Friends, and so it's like I I grew up with all of those, but then it was when I was in I think sixth grade, like right right before seventh grade is is when I discovered there was a comic shop. My dad's like it's like hey you know, let's, let's go, you know, to the comic store. And I was like, I didn't even know this comic store was here. Right. And then, so I, I've been pretty much been reading since then. And Mm -hmm. I did briefly stop for like almost for less than a year. But then I, I went back and picked up all the issues. Cause I, I specifically remember there was like, there's like one or two issues of X factor that, that I had a hard time tracking down, but then eventually I got them. And, yeah, and, and I've, I've pretty much been reading ever since. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I keep saying that, you know, I, I've been 
practice or, you know, working my whole life to prepare for this job. And so now my wife can't complain about all the comics I have. <laughs> but she actually pushed me into taking this job. Because like when, when, when the opportunity came for me to quit teaching, I almost wasn't going to do it because my daughter was five. And, you know, to work for like a startup and, you know, the whole thing with benefits. And I was like, I don't know if I could do this. And, and she's like, no, you have to do it. So. That's good. That's yeah. so like, does she read comics? Uh, she, she used to read some cause like her, her brother. So my brother-in-law, he's, he's the one that, um, me, him and this other guy, Dave were, were the ones that started comic vine. So, okay. you know, she was familiar and, you know, she read some comics and, you know, she read a lot of his comics but now I think it's just that there's so much comics in our house that she's kind of like, I, I, I've had enough. You know, <laughs> I, I can't, can't hear it. And what makes it worse is my daughter is like so into comics now. So she's like, what is this? Yeah. And, and, you know, and she doesn't like forbid it or anything like that, but it's funny cause there will there'll be like some comics sitting around and she's like, whose comics are these? Are these yours? <laughs> or are these? And then we're both looking and then, I was like, all right, I'll I'll put them away somewhere, and so, so it's 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 funny that way. But yeah, I I mean I've been been reading ever since, and and that's that's why they brought me in when they they decided they wanted to build Comic Vine because I was the one still reading, so I was like right. you know, up to date on all everything. So, next question, um, Sauk Kaden, um, says, hey Tony and guests, hope you guys are having a good day. Okay, I think it's it's a good day so far. Um, a while ago, the Bleeding Cool website had a post that contained a list of next new 52 hardcovers trades, and you just f- noticed a few things and was wondering your thoughts. Solicits say that the Rise of the Third Army story will be in one book. It also says that Green Lantern hardcover will have issues 0, 13 through 20. also says the Throne of Atlantis will be collected twice, one having Justice League 13 through 17, Aquaman 14 through 16. The other will have Aquaman 0, 14 through 16. Justice League 15 through 17. Do you think DC Comics is trying to get more money by reprinting the stories in different hardcovers? And do you think it's a smart move or a dumb move? So I know they, they did this also with like, um, like Night of the Owls Mm -hmm. where they, you know, you you had your regular book and then you have like all the, the tie in issues in one book, even though those issues are in the regular books. Um, I, I mean, it's not like they're forcing people to buy it. And I, I think it's just a matter of convenience. Like if, if you wanted to read the Night of the Owl books, but maybe you don't want to read Batgirl or Detective or, you know, whatever. So that way you're not necessarily going to buy all the trades. Because then I think that would be hard if you, you're like, okay, I have seven trades and then what's the reading order? Right. So – and uh, yeah, it, it could be kind of annoying if you do plan on, on buying them all, but it's not like I think you, it depends on what kind of collector you are. Yeah. And it, they're not forcing you to do it. And if if you are getting all the individual books, then you don't need to get that crossover book because you're already going to have them. Unless you want all the variant covers and stuff that's going to be in the back. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I I like it. I personally, I think it's good. I I like having more choice in terms of which books I'm going to get because you're right. I mean, like um, – with the Night of the Owls crossover, for example, there are some trades that I was just not going to pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like I have the the hardcover for that, but I don't. Um, I mean, aside from Batman and Nightwing, I don't have trades for for the, for the other ones. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's nice to have it all right there. So in a few years, if I want to go back, I was like, okay, here they all are. 
Um, the solicits also say there will be a Shazam Volume 1 collecting all of the backups from Justice League about Shazam and issues focused on Shazam like Issue Zero. Do you think if this hardcover sells well, it will release an ongoing Shazam series? I hope so. I, I Well, see, part of the problem is going to be who the creative team is. Because mm-hmm. this could be very, very popular, sell well. But let's say you know Jeff Johns is already doing so much. And, and Gary Frank, I mean, I'm not sure what kind of schedule he can do. And plus he's working on Batman earth one volume two. So, you know, he chances are, he wouldn't be able to do an ongoing. And I, I have a feeling, I don't know cause I've never talked to him or anyone about him, but I'm assuming that's why they went the route with the backups. Cause it, it's easier for him to do backups on a monthly than do full issues. Maybe. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, I wouldn't even be opposed to seeing a different creative team on it. I just, but if I had, what if I had a really bad artist? Well, a really bad writer. <laughs> That's true. No, I mean, I just think it that character is really cool and I'd like to see more. Oh, definitely. Um, so, I mean, for me, I would actually, I'd take the trade off of getting a different creative team just to see the book exist. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's going to be a gamble as to whether or not it would be good, but I, I'd still want to try that. And I, I think I'm very, very, very tempted to get that Shazam hardcover. Because, I mean, it, it, I've been really enjoying it, but part of the problem has been the shorter doses and then having to wait, you know, cause it, since it's shorter, it feels like you're waiting longer. Right. So it, I think it'd be really cool to have that all collected. Oh, uh, really the argument for trade waiting too. <laughs> yeah. But then you got to wait six months. Well, with DC, you got to wait even longer. I know. Like, it's like, I don't get that. Uh, <laughs> last question. Won't have anything to do with hardcover solicits. What stories are you looking forward to this summer? Do you check out the the solicits when they come out? Sometimes, um, yeah, it's, I'll look at them a little bit, especially if there's like a new event coming up. But I don't read them compulsively. I I I, I like to avoid them if I can, because you know I'm I'm still a sometimes comic. they have spoilers. That actually re- that's that bothers me when that happens. Actually, yeah, so it's like I don't want to know what's going to happen. You know, I I want to be surprised if. All of a sudden, you know, Wonder Woman pops up in issue of Aquaman or something. But at, on the other hand, because I'm, you know, working seven days a week, it's like I kind of need to know if something's coming up. So, and I like because, like, sometimes that'll help me keep track of crossover events and, like, where a book is doing what. Like, um, I think with, like, Age of Ultron, for example, um, if I didn't have the solicits for all of, like, the next books, I would have no idea when the tie-in issues end uh, where we're going back, you know, like what's going on with, with each series that's involved in that. So, I mean, I like the solicits for that, but I'm not going to look at them months in advance, I think. Yeah. But there, there's still sometimes where a book just pops up out of nowhere and I'm like, how did I not even hear about this? And right. a lot of, a lot of times it's with the image books. Yeah. We were talking about that. tend to do that. Cause like, I remember when, um, when, uh, snapshot came out and, you know, it was, it was like Monday I was looking at, you know, what books were coming out, you know, to, to be reviewed and I'm like, Andy Diggle and Jock are doing a book? I was right. like, how did I not know? I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to get that and review it. Mm-hmm. So it's I, – I like that when you can read a book and have absolutely no idea what it's about, but you know you're going to dig it because of the creative team or maybe because of the characters or something. But when you get the solicits, you know, okay, this, this story is going to wrap up in a couple issues, so you kind of already know where it's going to go. Right. I think – although, I mean, solicits aside, like – um. I think there's some stuff that's been announced that, that we can look forward to. I mean, like Batman Zero Year, uh, that's 
starting soon. And I mean, I know I'm looking forward to that. I really can't wait to see what Snyder does with it. Mm-hmm. But the rest of what, – what do we have on the radar? I know there's probably some crossovers coming up. Um, all I know is – so Infinity is coming up. I've been trying to avoid – I still haven't read the, the free comic book day issue with okay. that. And I've seen a couple, you know, the, the Marvel teasers. Um, I'm not really sure. And I, I kind of don't want to know what's going to happen. I know it's going to be <laughs> something big. And plus it's a Marvel event, which you know, sometimes they're, they're good. Sometimes it's eh. – um, we have Trinity War coming up. I'm less excited about that than I wanted to be. I, I think I think I still am. Uh, just I'm from from last year's free comic book day issue with with when Pandora stole her her Pandora's box. I just feel like it's it's like the the understudy cast for Trinity War. I mean, like I, that's not the people I would have put in it. Yeah, but I, I'm just I'm really excited about what what Jeff Johns is doing in Justice League of America and Justice League. I mean. I, you know, I've always been a fan of, of the book, but I, I feel like it, it, it has been getting better. Because before, I mean, we were getting these, these these nice big adventures, but it felt like they weren't really going anywhere. But now, you you you, it feels like there's he, a point. <laughs> like he's, he's got like this end game, like he's building up towards something. Like where we're finally getting new members to the team, and then you know, just a whole twist with Justice League of America. So I'm I'm really excited about you know what's going to happen there, and I don't know how much that's going to play into trinity war or not because you know with trinity war it's like you know you always think of batman superman wonder woman that's why i feel like this is like an understudy cast yeah but but then it's also you have pandora um phantom and question you know with the trinity of sin and then you also have justice league justice league of america and justice league dark so it's like what is the the real main you know focus going to be and which which trinity Right. So I, I guess that's that's the unknown, and you know we we've seen like, like two images or one image really, you know, not not counting the free comic book day. Right. I guess that kind of counts the 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 Jim Lee. Well, there, and there were some cheeses at the conventions, like during those all access panels, they gave us a little preview, which I never go. Yeah, <laughs> I always go to those. See, now you'll get to start covering those, writing <laughs> up about them, letting everyone else know what 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 we're missing. Um. Car twenty three Los um, says, "Who would you like to see take over Action Comics, writer and artist?" So I, I'm so bummed that Andy Diggle and Tony Daniel are not going to be on yeah. that, that long. I mean, that that sucks. Which I mean, whatever the reason, I don't care. You know, it's not the we. You know, we don't speculate or, or anything like that. But it's just it's too bad because I'm 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 digging where it's going right now, and I like that it, it's a year ago. So you know we're, we're still getting some build up and and I I'm a fan of Tony Daniel and um yeah you know a lot of people say it's better when he's not writing and drawing yeah I like it if he's just drawing I think and he even said you know it's it's nice to just be able to sit back and take over one responsibility instead of having to do it all yeah so I don't know who, who I don't know who I'd want writing it um because I I don't know if I I thought I heard something that like that. Scott Lobdell might be doing like one issue after that. I don't know if he's going to take over. I don't know if there's been any talk about that. And Citizen's thing. Sterling Gates could do it. Sterling Gates. Yeah, he should do it. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd rather see him on action comics than vibe. His vibe was good. Yeah, but I mean, it's vibe. I don't know. I, I think <laughs> what's wrong with vibe. Uh, You're going to get the book canceled. I'm stuck. I'm st- no, I'm not going to get it canceled. I'm stuck on the old 
breakdancing character. Yeah, see that that's why it's it's that that was the other one I wanted to mention when I mentioned like Nova and and Alpha, you know, vibe, you got that that young inexperienced hero and I absolutely love the twist that he can take on the Flash. You know, he can cut yeah. him off from the speed force. That's like that's crazy. No, I do, I do and I like what Sterling's been doing with that. Um I just I don't think it's as as much of like a focal book yeah. as action comics. I'd like to see him on that instead just to get to be in front of more readers. Yeah. I mean, they, uh, it, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who they put on there. Cause either they're going to want to try to get the biggest names they can get, or they might be like, we just need to get someone on there. See, I hope they don't do that. I mean, like as much as I want to see like a new writer or somebody who's not as widely published, get a chance. I don't think action comics is the book to do it on. Yeah. But I mean, because you know you're following, you know Grant Morrison, so you know everyone was yeah. looking at it, and you know the thing is that the, the problem is like you know super the Superman books weren't that great, you know especially the regular Superman book, and you know he Superman deserves better, mm-hmm. and now that we're gonna get Scott Snyder and Jim Lee, you know that that kind of raises the bar for the the other two books, you know because if you have this one you know, book with, with a great creative team. And then you just get an okay creative team on another one. Cause you know, action comics should be like the flagship title. It really should. And that, well, and that's why I think like you, you kind of have to pull somebody who, even if they're not like a big name, like you need somebody who's at least got like experience on, on a title of that magnitude. Yeah. Because it's, uh, I just feel like that'd be such a miserable experience for like a newer writer to cut their teeth on because then people would be so critical. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. But if I had, so aside from Sterling Gates, it's like, I mean, cause yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of, of who, and it's, it's like DC has got this, this like stable of new, new creators that they're, they're bringing in. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, like they're scooping them up from, you know, other places. Cause like, like, uh, did, did you read uh suicide squad? I did. And that, I thought that was really good. And you know, Alice, Cot or however you say his name. Mm-hmm. I never read anything. I don't know how do you say his name. I feel really bad. Is it Alice or Alez? Alice? Alice? I'm 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 horrible with names usually. And but yeah, I, I don't. I'm afraid if I if I ever get the the chance to meet him, but I don't know how you say it. No, we you, if it's ever like at the DC booth or whatever, you, you try to ask the PR people like, how do you say right. it? Or, or you just straight out ask them because I just look for an interview where they're like in person. Cause yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I've, I've done that before. It's like, you, you know, you search YouTube and you try to find out and then you try to hope that but they said it right. Yeah. Cause some, some creators, you know, they're not going to correct you. you right. Know, Cause they're too polite. Yeah. But then some of them, you know, they've, they probably had it heard it so many times where either it doesn't bother them or they don't have a problem correcting you. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so I, I, I just wonder if, if maybe they're going to say we're going to get bring in someone new, and mm-hmm. you know, like like I, th- I think they could bring in someone new. But if you notice, look at the books that the new writers go on. It's it's not really your flagship titles. Um, I mean, like you know, I I really enjoy what um, what the new team is doing, like with Suicide Squad. But you know, that's not a that's not Batman. You know, it's not Justice League. It's it's a, a lower radar title, and so I feel like. You know, it's a good opportunity for these writers to show off what they can do, mm-hmm. but it's it's not really a huge risk. But what about like uh, Robert Venditti on Green Lantern, which you know he's doing great things in Exo Man of War, 
And yeah, okay, that's that's a really good point. I, and that he's, is he's that following is kind of the exception because he's following Jeff Johns, you know, nine but, years, which that would that's I, a tough act. Yeah, so he's he. I'm sure he's sweating bullets and mm-hmm. you know, waiting for that first issue to come out. So it's it it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. And as far as artists, it's like you got to have a good artist, you know, someone yeah. that just gets Superman and plus and like Lois Lane, you know, and mm-hmm. and the sporting cast. You need someone that, that can handle all that. Well, I know. Uh, um, was it Brad Walker was doing backups on action? I I enjoyed uh, or fill ins or whatever he was doing with that, and and I didn't mind that either. So I'd, yeah. I'd like to see him on that book. Um, who who was was doing the backups in Action Comics? Um, now I can't with, with with Grant Morrison, I'm totally blinking, which is ridiculous, unacceptable. Mm. Um, what's his name? Because I'm I'm surprised that they didn't get him to just take over. Yeah, I don't know. I always wonder about how those those politics work. It's like, hey, I'm doing fill in. I should be promoted when the new guy or when the current guy leaves, but. Or maybe they're just like, eh, Sh- Sholly Fish. Sholly Fish, Sholly Fish. Uh, we need he, to meet all of these people so that we can <laughs> know how to pronounce their yeah, name. Because he, he was doing a lot of the backups and, you know, like origin stuff with with Superman. And so it's like after Grant left, it's like it would make sense. Like, why not hand it over to him? And then they're like, well, we're going to give it to um, Andy Diggle. And then whatever happened there happened. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll see. You know, maybe he he doesn't like want to do a monthly ongoing. He's just like doing backups. Yeah. All right. Here's one. Maybe you can answer. Muckle <laughs> Flugga. What do female heroes do when they are fighting and suddenly they break a nail? They yell really loud and then they keep fighting. No, um, I don't know. I I like to think that um, female superheroes probably keep their fingernails cut pretty short. Um, you know, it just seems practical. Um, you can still have nice looking nails, even if they're, they're not super long and like crazy, like acrylics or anything. You can just, you just have nice short nails. You can paint them a nice color that goes with your costume. Uh, and then you don't have to worry about breaking them. But, uh, I would also want to know what male characters do when they break a nail. Cause that's probably more of a shock. I mean, I know I break mine all the time, but, uh, I'm pretty sure it'd be hilarious to see what happens if like, I don't know, like Batman jams his thumb onto something and breaks a nail. Because yeah, there's been times where, you know, I, I, I keep my nails sh- short, as short as I can, because when they start growing a little bit, when you start getting that, you know, the little bit of white, whatever, on the mm-hmm. end, whatever you would call that, it's like sometimes it, it hurts when I try typing on the keyboard. Yep. So it's like, you know, I, I got to cut it right away. So I'm like, how do people grow? Or, I guess you just get past that phase and whatever. You just get used to it, yeah. But but there's times where I kind of, don't not necessarily bend my nail back, but it's like, like a, a quarter, almost a quarter way down the finger, you know, you, you bend it somehow, which I don't even know how it's possible. Yep. And it's just like, son of a, so uh-huh. yeah, I could. I broke three nails when I got the Injustice game just because I was button mashing really hard. <laughs> um, and I lost all of those rounds because it just, you try to keep going and it hurts. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm going to go with the female superheroes probably keep their nails pretty short. Uh, but if they do break a nail, which, you know, it's, it's even possible if you've got them pretty trimmed, uh, I, they'll probably just yell and then use that anger to fuel whatever fight they're in. So, so you're, you're a button masher and not a strategist or whatever. I mean, I, I know what the combos are, but I still hit the buttons really hard. Like, I, I don't know why I think that like smashing on them with <laughs> all of my might is going to make the move go better. <laughs> um, make you punch harder if you push harder. 
Yeah, and especially with the um, the special moves that use like the shoulder and the trigger buttons, like I smack on those really hard, even though I know it's not going to actually affect it. Like any kind of pressure sensitivity that those buttons have, it's not going to be that sophisticated. That knowing that I'm like slamming the buttons is really going to do anything. <laughs> but I still do it, especially if it's a really really intense fight. Then I'm just like ah, and I like get it to the point where like my like my hands are sweating and the controller falls off and stuff. Have you ever broken a controller? I have. Uh, <laughs> um, when, what was it? Madden 07 came out. Um, and the, like, I was playing a match against the computer and the AI won with, like, a Hail Mary play. And I had the game wrapped up and I was so mad, so I just threw the computer down the hallway <laughs> or the controller down the hall. And, uh, See, and I was now, talking about you, like, pushing the buttons so hard. Oh, no. Oh, I, I thought you meant, like, the, the rage <laughs> throw that happens when stupid things happen in a game. I've I've managed to never throw a controller in frustration. I think part of it because like I don't want to buy a new controller. Right. Well, and that's what ended up happening. And I now I have a controller, and it was the one. Uh, it was one of those like pink ones that like I think you actually have to pay extra because it's like a vanity controller or something. And uh, yeah, so my pink controller, like, I still have it, but the the right shoulder and the right trigger button don't work. Hmm. So. So if I ever want to play against somebody who's like too good, and I kind of want to like nerf their skills a like, little bit, there like, you go. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I i think you you posted a, a picture recently about some crazy nail polish oh yeah uh the the gel manicure yeah so maybe they should wear that if that protects your nails a little more yeah uh I, so i still have that um so there's this thing i don't it's probably old news for for most women but i just discovered it uh when my sister got married uh there's this gel manicure that like they set it with like uv rays or something and like you basically have to like gamma blast it to get it off it's kind of uh, crazy it, it, no i i still have it. it it looks exactly the same as it did the day i got it this is insane like i i don't know how that works like it doesn't chip off or anything um so yeah that maybe that's what the female superheroes are doing like they all get these gel manicures that like unless they're like in a hulk situation and they have to worry about gamma rays like it's not going to come off mm-hmm. but then that that, that, that could um kind of compre- hulk can do like a gel manicure i don't know but that that could also compromise your secret identities. That's true. If you're like like hmm, uh, Batwoman has this color nail polish and right, yeah. Although some of these identities, I mean, like you know, Batwoman's like hair color isn't exactly you know the one that you're going to commonly find. So like, I mean, I know that she's got the the wig that goes with her costume that makes it longer, but I don't know how many people like haven't been able to connect that dot that and she's it, like white she's like an albino right person. exactly like how many how many women are running around gotham with like super pale skin and like bright candy red hair well that that's the thing i, I talked about that before that the red you see in comics like you know Jean gray mary jane you know all those it's like that red is not realistic unless you totally dye your hair right and and, and it's weird that when you depict I mean, there's because like, especially in the Marvel, there are a lot of redhead lot of characters, redheads. but it's like you don't get that red in in real life. Mm-mm. So it, it's interesting that because you know you got like Sean Cassidy and 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 um, Siren Teresa, you know they they have more orange hair, which but. is also not the most realistic. I mean, like I know there's there's like shades of red that are a little more orangey, but, but yes. yeah, it's like that red is just so red. Mm-hmm. So it's it's weird. Um, X Wrath. Some of these names, I I I say people do these just to make me try to say them. Um, 
says, I know Damian Wayne's death is pretty much old news by now, but I still have a question related to it. As far as I can remember, Damian was only 10 years old when he died. Does this make him the youngest character in comics history to be killed off or not? Ooh, now, comics gonna, history. I'm going to say no. Probably not, yeah. Because there was a, a Leanne when she was killed in, in Cry for Justice. Remember yeah. that? How old was she? I think she's I, – actually, I don't know, but I, I, I would assume she was less than 10. 10. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure at some point in the history of comics, like a, like a baby has been killed. Well, I guess it depends on, on what you mean by – or what they mean by I mean, killed like, off. Do you mean like a primary character that like the series is focusing on? Maybe because like Peter and, and Mary Jane's baby maybe sort of died. Yeah. But I still say Norman Osborn took it and it, it's – because that, that, that's what happens in the Spider-Girl series where um, the, the baby grew up with the, the Scryers or whatever. Because Allison right. Mongrain took the baby and was living on a yacht. And then they kind of switch it to there was a cat in the, on the yacht and not the baby. So they, I think they tried backpedaling a little bit. And, <laughs> and then brand new day or one more day when you, you see the, the girl it was supposed to be their daughter that would never exist now. And so – but maybe she was killed off. Maybe not. Or maybe she's just erased now. So I don't know if there's any other kids. There's got to be other kids, I'm sure. Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of, like, prominent characters, I mean, like, I, I think he's definitely significant in terms of, like, how much he's featured in the series versus, like, some of these other characters who might have just been supporting cast. Yeah. So I'd, I'd bet that, you know, in terms of, like, lead characters in a series who get killed off, he's probably the youngest. Yeah. Um... See, Blazaga 101 says, question really applies if you've seen a giant splash cover to the Trinity War issues coming out in June, July. Um, did you see that image? I did, and now I'm, I'm pulling that up again just so I can look because it's a question about colors. Um, so this is an image in the far back left corner. Looks like a character is firing lightning or light. The color palette made me instantly think Dr. Light. However, this character looks male. Um, it could be Shazam, but the palette's wrong. I don't know. I um, thought you could share his opinion. So yeah, it, it's definitely a male. I, I don't. Have, I didn't pull up the image, but I remember. Yeah, in the the black costume with the white cape. I mean, it almost looks like. Uh, I don't know is is the other Doctor Light? The who's a dude from Identity Crisis? The the whole Sue Dibney. Is that Doctor Light or Doctor Polaris? Um. It does look like Dr. Light. It's like the, the male Dr. Light. Yeah. I, I, but then. But yeah, the black costume with that white burst on it. That's, I mean, that's Dr. Light. Yeah. I don't know about the female one, though. It, I mean, that definitely looks like a. That character looks male. I mean, it, well, it's hard to tell from the angle now. And I'm, see, now I'm like investigating this super close. Um, I'm going to go with that's probably a dude. Yeah. Because I, I, I remember when I posted that, someone asked about that, and then I had like a, a, a high-res image, and I just cropped it to that corner, mm-hmm. and you can kind of see it a little clearly. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, okay, character looks male, Shazam. Um, yeah, it, it looks like Dr. Lights. If it's Shazam, that's an interesting amalgamation of the costumes. As far as the other Dr. Light, Hoshi, um, so Blazaga says she was one of my favorite characters from the JLU cartoon. I'm curious to see if it's 
her. So I don't think it's her. I don't think so either. Yeah. And then are you excited for Trinity War crossover and you had a Trinity Sin? So we, we kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. Kerr space T. Do symbiotes copy and enhance the powers of all they bond with? Because if Venom did with Spider-Man, what happens if symbiote latches on to, say, Hulk or Wolverine or, dare I say, Superman? I've, I've kind of wondered about that where, you know, so we had this alien race. It's alien thing. And in Secret Wars, Spider-Man comes across it. And then it's able to shoot webs. So was it always able to shoot webs or is it just a coincidence? And I'm, I'm not sure if they ever really, because we've seen other symbiotes and they're all, I guess they don't all shoot webs. So maybe they do kind of take on, but then that doesn't make sense because yeah. shooting webs isn't a natural ability for Spider-Man. Right. It's just something he does. Yeah. Like with the web shooters, except for that after the other storyline when I also think like there's and maybe maybe this isn't the case but I think with a symbiote character like there's when it latches on there's sort of like a it's almost like it has to be like invited in I guess like I I feel like certain characters would have like enough willpower to like be able to resist the symbiote Mm -hmm. so like I don't know I just feel like Hulk would just brush it off yeah maybe not and Wolverine you'd get the conflict of like the healing factor like that might make it difficult for the symbiote to latch there there was an issue of i think it was the first run of new avengers where a, there were a bunch of symbiotes like attacked or came because i remember wolverine on the cover i don't remember the issue number but wolverine was with a symbiote um but then like like eddie brock you know he had enhanced strength and and he was like crazy working out and all that but i think he got stronger with the suit Right. So, I don't know. So it's, it's I'd say, I would say there would be some enhancement, and it seems like it may adjust to the, the their particular powers. So mm-hmm. whether it would enhance Superman, that, that would be interesting, and it's probably something we'll never see. Uh, I know that two of the most famous heroines, Storm and Wonder Woman, have always been hinted at being bisexual. In your opinion, who's the most likely to be shown in plain black and white as being bi. I I never really got hints of that with either. I think it's in their current storylines, like in the current way that they're being portrayed in their various universes. Um, I don't know that that's something that we'd necessarily see. I know that Wonder Woman right now, I mean, I think first off, she's got the, the Superman stuff going on that that's pretty much focused on that. So we're probably not going to see a lot um, of her, you know, potentially with a woman Um, storm. I'm not really sure what's going on with storm right now either, but I don't know. It's, I don't, I don't see that happening right now. Well, storm sort of hooked up with Wolverine for a bit. And I don't know if they've ever. Yeah. Cause Wolverine's the one that, that cut her hair. When they, they they shared that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And then she's like, cut my hair in the shower. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's um, those two characters, I, I just think in their current storylines, I don't think that's something we're going to see. Yeah, I don't uh, either. It, it just doesn't seem like the direction that creative teams are taking them. Mm. Um, can a Jurassic Park comic last for an extended period of time? Uh, I would say so. I would buy it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I could see like IDW putting that out. Yeah, I would read it. Uh, and. I think that would be amazing. 
Um, and what writer would that be? Ooh. I don't know. I don't think it would ever happen, but I think Hickman could write a hell of a Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like, I don't think he would do it, but I would just read that until it didn't exist anymore. <laughs> All right. Um, I, th- I think we're going to end soon, but I'm going to take a couple questions from Ask G-Man on Twitter. Um, so you're not prepped for these. Nope. Uh, DC Fox says, are you looking forward to Pacific Rim? I don't remember. I may, may have answered this one before. Oh, this is from March. So I think I talked about um, And are you a Godzilla fan? What's your favorite monster movies? So I'm, I'm excited for Pacific Rim. I'm not like jumping out of my seat for it. Right. But it looks cool. It looks yeah. exciting. Yeah. So, and I, I think I may have answered this one before because I remember talking about the Godzilla movies and that. So, um, Dreamfall 31 says with Iron Man three out this week any iron man centric trades you would recommend reading so i mean there's definitely the extremists mm-hmm. oh see. yeah that's absolutely it to see demon in a bottle is is hard um because I, I think some people just might not be able to appreciate it right and, and part of the problem is because it was from the 80s i believe it's from the 80s mm-hmm. um that's when they they had those like the like the, the coloring was really weird that's when they, they, they shifted like different papers. So like Tony Stark's hair was blue you yeah. know, because they, they tried doing the, the, the shading and the shadows and all that. So some of the color, it, it feels a little dated and just the way, you know, people are dressed and all that. But you know, that that's, that's one. The story is still worth it. Yeah. And then um, armor wars. One. I'm going to throw doom quest out there just because, you it's know, Dr. Doom. Yeah. No, it's, it's actually, it's a really cool story. I mean, like it's, it's definitely not the Iron Man that you know now, but uh, it's some really rad early 80s Iron Man. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's any. I'm sure there's, there's other ones. I mean, there's, there's got to be other ones. Um, Elwood Toast says, Is it me or did no JLA come out in April? Is this the first delay or misshipping of a, of a book in a new 52? Did I just miss it? There was no JLA book in April. Um, it was not the first delayed book. I don't know if there were, what if there was an original release date for issue three. Um, I don't know. But I, I would think I don't think they intended for it to be seven weeks in between. But because I, I did I did check DC's website and they don't always update their websites. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of time, the, the, they'll change an, an artist, or I mean, yeah, an artist will change, and they still have the original one. But I don't know what the original release date was. But I, I, I know, I know there is a there is May eighth right now. Yeah, um, but there is another book. I won't single out the the particular book, but I think in January there was, and because it's it's for most books, especially the, the first run books. It's easy to tell if, if a book is delayed or not because, you know, they are, like right now everything's on issue 20. So if, if all of a sudden you see like an issue 19 with all the 20s and you know. Something was different. Yeah. So there was one in January. They, they do some shifts around too in terms of like which week a book is going to be released. I know like, you know, Batman was not always a week one book. Yeah. So it's it, it, their, their print schedules are kind of yeah. flexible. Um, 
Barnloaf says, what's the best mutant power that you've never seen? Ooh. That's uh, a good one. That's a mutant power that you've never seen? That's hard because, like, there's probably some, you know, background character mutant that has every kind of conceivable power. Yeah, because, you know, the first thing we'd say, like, like cloning yourself, but that's multiple man. Multiple man, yeah. Um, you know, you got teleportation, you got flying, you got, you know, strength, and it's like, what what else is there? And I'm, I'm you know, I'm also trying to think, like, in, in real life, like, what would I want? Right. And, you know, because everything is pretty much done, unless it's like, the mutant power to make a cup of coffee appear whenever you need it, but that wouldn't say that's the best. Which could probably do that. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. That's 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 tough. What's the worst mutant power? Building off of that, that making a cup of coffee show up, maybe like a, you know, something sort of like Wolverine's healing powers, but like for energy, where like you could just like go from being like near death to like being in like full fighting shape again, like with like how much you're awake and alert and at your, you know, top powers. I don't know if anybody has that. Yeah. I don't know. What about the, the worst mutant power? Oh, there's so many po- worst possible ones. The worst ones that we've seen or worst ones we haven't seen. Um, it just says, what's the worst mutant power you can think of? Mm. Well, I would say really any mutant power that like just doesn't do anything. Like if you just like mutant, like change your hair color, then, I mean that seems kind of useless. I for I used to say Cipher Doug Ramsey for New Mutants. You know he had the ability to understand any language. See, but I don't think that's a bad power. It's not like, a bad power, but if if you're in an X Men team, you know you don't really need that because like Professor X telepathically taught everyone Japanese. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's they 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 did kind of amp him up a little bit where you know then he could read. Like, you know, computer language or even like body language or, you know, they, they tried changing that. Yeah. But I always thought it's like, it's like, oh, you can understand. It. Yeah, that'd be useful, especially if you're, you know, traveling you the world. You have to stop telepath around. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, I guess. But in terms of powers like being, you know, invulnerable or flying or teleporting, mm-hmm. being able to. This is going to be functionally help you in a fight. Yeah. Understanding any language not doesn't really yeah. rank up there with those. Not that it's a bad thing. Because then you can watch any movie you want and understand. Right. Or, you know, if you're on a team and you just got, like, randomly, you know, dropped off in, like, Latveria or Wakanda or something, like, that probably helps. Yeah. Go, we need to ask for directions. Yeah. Or just figure out where you are. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then Joshko says, do you think the Donald Blake... Two, oh, John. Okay, I get it now. Donald Blake to Thor transformation was inspired by Shazam. Could movie work for either one with that? So these limited characters on on Twitter. Um, so I, I guess the question is, when Thor first came out and having him switch back and forth to Donald Blake, did they get that idea from Shazam? Oh, which one happened first? I'm I'm assuming I, I'm pretty sure Shazam. Oh, because because Thor was was in um the you know the sixties when they they had Donald Blake, but um Shazam because that was when um it was at Fawcett. Let's see, 
Billy Batson's first appearance was in Thrill Comics number one, which was way back in 1940. Okay, so Shazam is sooner. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if necessarily there was any any influencer um, to that. And as far as the movie, I mean, how, how do you feel about no Donald Blake in, in the movie? I actually, that was one of the things that kind of bugged me. Um, the way that... Um, it was more Donald like a, it was a, a joke. like Yeah, or like the, even the way Jane was handled. I mean, like, it's just... That's actually my biggest beef with the Thor movie is uh, that they, like... They took a character that was totally fine the way she was and made her into a quirky astrophysicist for no good reason. Like, it's it's a cool job, but, I mean, like, what's wrong with being a nurse, you know? Yeah. So that's actually – that part in terms of, like, movie universe Thor was one of my biggest pet peeves. Um, I actually would have liked seeing him do the Donald Blake shift thing, and I think it would have been more interesting than just finding him in the middle of the desert. But mm-hmm. – it is what it is. Movie Universe has a different continuity, and I just have to remember that. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to end on that note. All right. Because we've it's been like two and a half hours, which oh, which I mean, it, this has been great, and um, I like rambling about comics. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to have you on again if, awesome. if you you have the time to spare. Yeah. Um, but um, I I need to get some other stuff done to, to try to get out of here sooner than later <laughs> so that has been another episode so if you have questions um you can go to the general discussion forum there's a ask gman video questions thread because i used to do long videos for this now i only do like shorter videos with one or two questions um on twitter you can just do hashtag ask gman um so now i think everyone should have an idea who jen miss J. Apperhamian is. Hi. And so you are here to stay, hopefully for a long, 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 long time. And you'll be doing. I'll get rebooted. (laughs) So you'll be doing reviews and we should be seeing an article soon. Coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there you go. So, and you get to see me interview really tall people in comics. Yeah. And definitely. That's that's that. That's one of the reasons I wish I was going to Phoenix. So, you know, we, we could do something there. But I'll track down all of the tall people there. <laughs> yeah. So definitely at San Diego, we'll, we'll have you uh, doing some stuff. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And thanks, Jen. It's great talking to you. Yeah, it was awesome being on. So um, there will be another pod- regular podcast this weekend. Um, by the time you're listening to this, whether James Robinson's on there, I don't know. Um, and then next week... Um, I think next week, if now I'm really getting the future, will be the return of someone again, but it won't won't be Brian Buccellato unless this person cancels <laughs> at the last minute. All right, thanks everyone. I'll talk to you Hi later. Guys. So, so my question, my is, question is, could it be? We don't, we don't know. know. And I would like to I'm ask like you which comic book does affect you most, most emotionally. emotionally. Yeah, yeah. That's the question. question. Don't shake your head. I love Alan. This is a John Byrne issue. I love Alan Davis. I, I, I wasn't a fan of this. That's the question. You can't blame the immediate creative team. Hmm. 
I give this a two. <laughs>